Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Jim Cordette Experience. I'm Jim Cordette, and holy shitballs, what a program we have for you today. We're going to be talking about all the violent acts on Game of Thrones I would rather subject myself to before working with Vince Russo again, up to and including penile torture. Plus, we'll read all the hate mail I've received since I woke up this morning. And finally, something I have to get off my chest about Kevin Owens that will surely attract more of that hate mail. <clears throat> but first, I want to talk about something that's caught my attention recently. Now, nothing makes old JC happier than a good old-fashioned commentary track. Well, that and a triple cheeseburger topped with the tears of a thousand angry internet marks, but <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, if you go to selfie.com slash aepodcast, you'll find a whole mess of commentary tracks. You buy them, you play them alongside the movie, you have some laughs. It's that simple. The commentary is funnier than Dixie Carter trying to work her way around Microsoft Outlook. Now, the boys over at the Attitude Era podcast have just released a track for the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown. They've also got tracks for Wrestling with Shadows with Bret Hart, Beyond the Mat in which I make an appearance, The Condemned starring Stone Cold Steve Austin, and more, all for five bucks each. That's three British pounds for you members of the Cult of Cornet from across the pond. Once again, that's selfie.com slash aepodcast. Check those guys out. Oh, and while you're at it, you should take a look at Wrestling with Regret on YouTube. I hear that Brian Zane's pretty funny. When we come back, I'll spend 20 minutes talking about my upcoming bookings. Now, thank you, fuck you, bye! My Midnight Express merchandise, that is. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast, episode number 31, and it's No Mercy 2000, not a video game, we'll say it off the bat, just to don't get excited, I know it was a video game that came out in 2000 that was a lot of fun, but it's not, it's a pay-per-view instead. Live from Albany, New York, hello everyone once again, I'm Kevin Mann, joined as I am always in this review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First of all, Adam Bibolo. Hello, Adam. Hey. How are you feeling about this one? Very excited. Are you looking forward to finally talking about Steve Austin, his actual assailant? Yes, there is a lot of revelations in this one episode. <laughs> but will the questions themselves become more questions? <laughs> you know? Just as soon as we think we've got all the answers, the questions themselves become more questions. Just when they think we've got all the answers, they change the format of the question to a multiple choice. So much more difficult. But we wrote a paragraph, not a letter, so we're wrong. And to <laughs> my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet, uh, Mr. Billy Keeble. How are you, sir? I'm all right, I'm all right. Look at this, we're in the... You can see now, if you squint your eyes just so, right? If you squint, you can see the end of the Attitude Era. Yeah. But don't look too close, because you'll go blind. I will. So how are you feeling about this one? Um, I've got a lot to say about it. I'm, I'm enjoying the stretch of pay-per-views we've got. Seriously, yeah. But the end is in sight, most mm. definitely. Well, before we actually start talking about the pay-per-view itself... We've actually got a magazine cover worth talking about for once. Because so. um, people were, I think, a bit concerned, Adam, that you stopped doing the hot sauce scale, the Nando yeah. scale, and then you stopped doing the magazine covers. Grunt of the Night is going to be the next one. And Grunt of the Night will go, yeah. and then you just won't show up. Like. <laughs> I've been trying <laughs> to... Fucking Kevin Nash over here. <laughs> I've been trying to wean myself out of the podcast. so you I don't really want to do it. <laughs> But no, this one's worth mentioning. It's uh, it's hog shots with Booger Red Mark Calloway there. Wow. Look, wow! Looking like a badass on his motorbike. Sorry, so for the WF Magazine, we just have Undertaker 
sitting bow-legged. Legs like, far apart. Like Custom-made really Titan far. bike. Taking a ride is the title. I'm not going to lie, it looks like he has inserted himself into that bike. <laughs> it, does, yeah. it, does, it does look like he's been, like, they've taken a photo of him sitting down. <laughs> and, and, then a, and, then, and they photoshopped him behind sitting behind And when, when they've taken a photo as well, it's not taken, T-A-K-E-N, it's T-A-K-I-N apostrophe. Cause yeah, taken taken. You know, that's obviously, Taker had a glance at that and thought... Taking care of business might be a good name oh, for a yeah, submission yeah. maneuver. Thanks, magazine. Thanks to VF magazine, and thank you, Adam. I- I'm also looking forward to uh, seeing that Hardy Boys poster that's on the inside. <laughs> Bigger, badder, bolder, apparently. Oh, nice. Following for the last episode, which was Unforgiven, which had a fatal four A main event, and we could be forgiven for saying that it was a little bit um, non memorable, that pay per view. Yeah. Anything with a fatal four A main event. But this one, we've got fucking stuff coming out of the wazoo. We've got Austin coming back. William Regal is back. And fucking badass Billy Gunn is back as well. It's No Mercy 2000. You nearly took my life. You nearly ended my career. You ran me down like a dog and you ran away. Paybacks are a bitch. Tonight, you will look me straight in the eyes and know this will be the worst night of your life. Because I'm one pissed off son of a bitch. I'm a good man down. You're gonna beg for mercy. I'm stop on my it is You're gonna beg to be put out of your business. Bottom line is so this. Cole showed no remorse. I'm I'm looking at a dead man and no mercy. I'm looking at Rikishi and I'm looking at a dead man. So here we are after all the hype, all the talk, all the speculation, months of anticipation building to this moment. We finally are here. The question has been answered. The mystery has been solved. Naked Midian will be appearing <laughs> later in this episode here tonight. Right, so Billy, this is obviously one that's been brewing for some time. I suspect it possibly was shortly spoiled for you at some point. But yeah, I think it was. The Rikishi running over Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you see that coming? Not really. Because cast your mind back to Survivor <laughs> Series 1999. Did you really think that, well, Rikishi had even debuted, didn't he? I don't think he was even around. No. Point, was he? No. So what, what do you think, like? I don't know, I just, I, I, find it, I find it weird that he's just all of a sudden, it, it's, it's almost like they didn't know who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kind of, and realised when Austin came back, we have to kind of address it, but everyone was already kind of tied up in storylines. So they just said, who, who isn't here? And who possibly has a body that looks like he's made of, you know, mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> One man fit the bill, like, <laughs> One man fit the bill. Among all others. I don't know how I felt about this at the time. I think, like yourself, I had a sneaking suspicion that this wasn't plan A. What do you think, Adam? Oh, definitely not. No way. As a kid, it always felt like close up to Triple H or something like that. It has to be. It's got to have been him. Uh, uh, Rikishi. Rikishi. It, no, I, I, I remember as a kid, I wouldn't accept that. I just, it was yeah. too ridiculous. But on the Rock order as well. Which, <laughs> supposedly. Which, which is Allegedly. Insane, because because almost immediately, I don't think the Rock did that. Because from the moment in, in, in the promo where it goes, um, he's, 
says, I, the famous line, I did it for the rock. Pickery dickery duck, <laughs> I did it for the rock. And then it just cuts to the rock's face and the rock's just going, what? <laughs> and I like, it's generally it's the most believable thing the rock's done is, I didn't get Stone Cold run over. And then the next, talking about? I, I told you to kiss Stone Cold, not kill Stone Cold. <laughs> and then next week, Rikishi's like, well, who do you believe, me or the rock? The rock, like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Obviously, Rikishi running over Stone Cold Steve Austin his claimed motivation was because WWF was always about the great white hope, which was cued down to use loads of footage of Hulk Hogan. That white bastard. Uh, that white male bastard. He wasn't white, he was bright pink. I know, of all the people, he's bright pink hot dog man. He's not a white man at all, really, when you think about it. But yeah, Rikishi claiming that White men were basically the only people who could ever be a star in WWF. Oh, so he's playing the race card as well. Basically, yeah. Criticising the booking. Oh. Well, you know, obviously, you know, they were at a point in 2000, you know, because racism, you know, stopped in 1999. Of course. You know, they just, they wrote that into law. They said, none of that now. That's enough. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah, and there, there was, it was gone. So, you know, obviously, if you're living in a country now where racism was no longer a thing, you know, mm. that they could have a bit of fun with it, you know? And, uh, really, it's like when yeah. they got rid of sexism in the 60s, you know? We really got to have a bit of fun. <laughs> Once the old shackles are thrown off here, it, it was odd. WWF talking about race issues. Yeah, Samoans can't get over. What about The Rock? Sure, The Rock <laughs> is the exception that proves the rule. And okay, all this and you know whatever about the motivation of Rikishi and the idea of building him up as this like Samoan bad guy or whatever. The real awkward thing is, and you've obviously heard from the promo package now, is that you know. It was Austin that was run over. That has to take precedence. Yeah. It doesn't matter about this other storyline because Austin's the most important. It really yeah. doesn't matter. Like no one, I don't think everyone cares what Rikishi's motives were. It's just more like, oh, it's Rikishi, was it? Okay, get him, Steve. I mean, I'm starting off this kind of going, oh yeah, I remember Rikishi had a whole race thing going into this. I sit down, the first line's, you took my life, Rikishi. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Barky Dog promo. They're reusing the old '96 Survivor Series pink tats. Yeah. What the hell is the that? black and white. The eyes on Austin in this. So many barking dogs. I was, I, I, I was half expecting DMX to stop playing. <laughs> All these barking dogs and Stone Cold Steve Austin's like, you nearly ran me over. I don't dance, son. You know, it was really intense. We're building to Austin versus Rikishi. Austin claims that he is, quote, one pissed off son of a bitch. A good way to start the pay per view. Nice bit of swearing there. He, he's got he's got Rikishi in a match later on tonight. It's Austin's first match back, mm. and I don't like Rikishi's chances. No, right no off. doesn't not. sound good. Right off the bat, even when I was trying to go, oh, imagine that he's just doing a very elaborate DraftKings spot there, Kevin. Calm yourself <laughs> down. Even still, imagining that, I'm thinking that Austin's going to like get a fantasy football team that's going to brutalize Rikishi's <laughs> fantasy football team at DraftKings.com. Rikishi's not put over strong though, because he's like tried to kill Austin. Yeah. And then you just have this two, three minute nonstop, I will I will beat I will win tonight. His side of the story isn't even represented yeah. here at all. The last shot in this promo package is of Rikishi lying, passed out, covered in blood, with Austin's voiceover saying that he will kill him tonight. Spoiler alert, mate. Fucking hell. All right, Rikishi, I don't think... You might want to pack this in. Go home, yeah. man. <laughs> Give too cool a call. See if you can dance with him still. Like, <laughs> jive your way out of this one. So, yeah, we'll talk more about Rikishi's heel turn in Austin later in the night. But, obviously, the forefront for this one is, you know, the Austin-Rikishi feud and the running over. The theme for this pay-per-view was back to our nice generic four-chord bliss. 
Mm. Sounded like someone on Velocity's entrance music. Yeah, it's proper Algeria music. This yeah, one. loved it. Brilliant. Starting us off in Albany, New York, with a sold out, hot as hell crowd. It's the Dudley's Tag Team Table Elimination Invitational. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, right? yeah. You know. Tag Team Spectacular. The DTTEI. Ah, I know it well. <laughs> We've got two cool starting things off here, and their opponents. Uh. Slow down. Oh, yeah, man. Billy, slow what, down. Oh, fucking D-Lo. What was your reaction when these... All right, it's D-Lo Brown, folks, who we've not seen in a long time. And Chaz, a.k.a. Headbanger Mosh, we've not seen in an even longer time. Yeah. So what did you make to this Well, pairing? Adam, would you like to read my reaction after saying Team 2 are low down, D-Lo and Chaz? Fuck, man. <laughs> that, is, that is my note. Oh. Yeah, making up numbers. Yeah. Their gimmick goes on to be something way more offensive. As it stands, their gimmick is they wear track pants. Yeah, and Dino's not wearing any tops, so he's got his belly hanging out and his tits. And, oh, and he, he needs his chest protected. He does, yeah. Seriously. So it's, it's, obvi it's, it's obvious that, that actually just... It's, the protection offered him is it's like a girdle. Just yeah. held everything <laughs> in. I think Dan Severn, actually, as well as putting him in that stretch, you know, put a load of cheesecake in him at the same time, you know. Dilo couldn't stop him, you know. Or we might as well say it because we're not going to have much chance to talk about it. But Dilo Brown cascading down the mid-card into obscurity yeah. since 1999. I think we mentioned before that Russo was a big Dilo fan, so Dilo leaving meant that things went sour for him. But anytime anyone asks us a question or anything like that or messages and is like, hey, what mid-card guy do you think should have gotten a main event run or gotten a bigger run? It's D-Lo Brown for me. Yeah, what about yeah, you guys? Yeah, it's definitely D-Lo. Sad yeah. to see him in this. Oh, definitely. Very sad. Of all people to be working with, I mean, does he come out with the manager here or is we're not going to find out who the manager is? Till... No, no. Okay. That's next episode, folks. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I think if we find that out now, we won't be able to do the rest of the episode with Adam because he would be too upset mm, by, yeah. by the, the, the revelation. So the matchups were decided, according to Jim Ross, in this tag team table elimination invitational where basically it's like a gauntlet but you go through a table and it's a tag team and it's elimination and it's an invitational. Yeah. So if you didn't get your invitation in the mail, you're not allowed in this. Two cool lockup at Lowdown to start this and Jim Ross goes, these matchups were decided by coin toss. How? A series of yeah. coin tosses. <laughs> like a single round robin elimination style coin toss tournament is what I had. I don't know what you <laughs> It was one of those six sided coins that you can get now. Yeah, how would you do that considering there's how many teams are in this? Four? There's a lot of teams. Four, how can you do with a Four How coins can... at once? <laughs> yeah, but then even even then, how does that work? Let's ask Jim Ross on Twitter. He's the one that said it. Or does coin toss just mean bribery? We'll I'm not go sure. first. We'll go last. Maybe it was the coin toss. It was how far they could toss the coin, like a feat of strength, and each team did it. Oh, you know, no, like a caber toss. I've got it on Wikipedia here. It says that pro wrestling is a predetermined script. Oh, oh wow. there we go. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Immediately, and this is bad because, as Adam mentioned, Dilo's got a bit of a tummy, oh. and he's in a bit of an incredibly shit tag team. Like, oh. Chaz and Dilo clearly were just told, like, let's put on these trap pants, go out there. They're not, like, in shape. They're not tanned. They're not, they don't, yeah. There's no cohesiveness there. And immediately, there's Dilo sucks chance. Yeah, that's it. He's done. <laughs> so, like, the crowd hate him yeah. for being underutilized. He's, he's done. Explain that to me, please. Pretty meh action to start. Two cooler over. Lowdown are completely unknown and confusing to the crowd. 
And also, they decided to wrestle most of the start of this match with two tables standing up in the ring. Yeah. So we kind of get a roundabout version of the floor is lava. In Pretty much. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because Lowdown just keep grabbing the tables I and mean, just sort of walking into too cool with them, not like attacking them with it. Just bumping around him is like doing bumper cars or something it's funny because i don't think lowdown are kind of used to this kind of environment you know wrestling on tv in front of yeah. actual people <laughs> you know they're out of their element here will they how will they do we keep getting told on commentary and commentary is quite bad for this time i don't know what you guys thought but like talking about other shit as opposed to what's going yeah, on yeah, only talking about that. austin austin's not arrived yeah jerry which, says that he's got I, stone cold feet <laughs> <laughs> Stone Cold Feet being a classic 90s Which drama comedy on ITV starring the Northern Irish rattlesnake James Nesbitt <laughs> and the cerebral ass John Thompson. <laughs> but like, I swear that happens every time Austin's on a pay-per-view. He's, Seriously, he's yeah. the only thing. That, he's the draw, isn't he? I so. mean, even even now they don't do that. Yeah, but at least like even now when you've got like people like John Cena who is so high and elevated above. They'll talk be, about other stuff. I it think, won't be yeah. wrestling related, but they'll talk about other stuff. It's true, though. I've had this whole thing, like, kind of like oh, Blank Aston arrived here, yes. Yeah. They did it all the time with Taker and Austin particularly. Mm. Whereas now, yeah, to your point, I don't think they do it with, like, John Cena because I don't think they want to put across that image anymore of the wrestler showed up fucking whenever. Being late. You know, they want John Cena to, like, not actually even show up at the building. He's like appears like T one thousand. He just kind of goes. He's been there for two weeks. He's already been there. Like. There's actually John Cena in every arena already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't realize that. You know, it comes a point in a podcast where one has to mention one's girlfriend, and I watched this one with my girlfriend, who's what you know, just started watching wrestling, and I had the joy of informing her that one of the wrestlers in the ring was Jerry Lawler's son. Mm. And then she listened to the match and the commentary for a little bit and then gave me the most incredulous look I've ever seen in someone's face and said, is that man's name Grandmaster Sexy? <laughs> I don't think we've really discussed how ridiculously ludicrous this is. First of all, it's a title, a rank associated with the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> and second of all, he's not sexy. I don't know, mate. Come on, there's, like there's something about a guy that's got so many problems that yeah, you know, it's just kind of like a boy next door. Quality. Yeah, you gotta you gotta love someone with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> he's not boy next door. He's boy across the tracks, <laughs> selling dangerous looking crystals. I'll say no more. Edge and Christian are mysteriously ill tonight. More on that later, but it means they can't take part in the invitational. Maybe their invitations got lost in the mail. Lowdown goes through tables as they both attempt to do a splash off the top rope. Incredibly mild pop. Yeah. Yeah. Table break usually means... Yeah! Is that only for the Dudleys, though? It has to be the Dudleys to put someone through a table. I think you're right. It's quite strongly associated with them, but you have to realise it is Lowdown going through a table. I will say there wasn't much of a pop, but the sounds... You do get that proper attitude. They were like... (laughs) Yeah. Proper... They've got they've got really biscuity tables. What I'm trying to figure out is what would have gotten a bigger reaction, which was... Here, which is Lowdown going through the table, very mild reaction, or the table somehow just collapsing in of itself with no one going through it. I think the <laughs> spectacle alone would have gotten a bigger reaction yeah. from the crowd going, holy shit, that applause. table, that table's hardcore, it put itself through it's itself. Standing ovation. <laughs> Maybe it was because Lowdown weren't women. Possibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Seriously. Coming out next, it's the ECW Dream Team. And at the time I was like, yeah, ECW guys stick together. But if you know anything about ECW, you'll think that this pairing stinks like a fucking Raven and Taz. It's sad. The two most anti-social, self-centered men on the ECW roster. Somehow friends. 
really sad. <laughs> I was happy to see Raven appear at the last pay-per-view, but I do have to keep reminding myself that Raven never ascended to any kind of heights here. Yeah. Like when we reviewed Raven and Rhino at the Hardcore Championship special. Yeah, we're not going to get that. That's the kind of closest he got to, and it was still lower cards. So Taz's push is just another victim. Taz is uh, doing commentary on Heat now as well. Oh yeah, yeah. he's Solid already thing. moved to that. So like, I mean, in fairness, if you're a Raven coming in here and you're meant to be like kayfabe now, debuting with a company, why would you pick a guy as a tag partner who's just taken up a part-time job? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not gonna work, is it? It's not. It's like you've even done the university you have to do, you know, project work, and one of the guys has to work in a bar, so he's never around to do it. Like, <laughs> I imagine this is what's gonna happen yeah. in this pairing here. Crowd do pick up a little bit though for Taz and Raven's offense, mainly because even though they're two lads who get massively underutilized, nothing really much comes of them. Taz has got cool suplexes, and Raven mm. has got some pretty damn cool moves as well. But there is an awful table botch by Grandmaster Sex Egg. Yeah. That should have that should have counted as an elimination. Yeah, seriously. seriously. To someone to describe what happened. So I'm right in thinking that Sex Egg was on the apron to yeah. start yeah. off with, and was it Raven, Raven or yeah. Raven was on the other side in the actual ring. Sexy was meant to grab him and throw him through the table or something. I think, I think it took a sunset flip fat power bomb. It, it looked yeah, like it, yeah. But his feet fucking just clashes through just them. Touched the table. And just, and the table explodes. Exploded, yeah. Seriously. Ruined. And we get a very loud you fucked up chance. Yeah. It's awful. It's, and it doesn't really recover from this. It's the, the second uh, the second most time I felt sorry for a wrestler for an accidentally breaking a table. The first being Big Show. Yeah, that was was adorable, wasn't it? I know, it feels like kind of, you know, if you've got GED and math, you wouldn't make this mistake, you know? That's (laughs) all I'm saying. (laughs) Literally all I'm saying. A really interesting spot here as Scotty Tuhati does the worm under the table with Grandmaster Sexy standing on the table. Yeah. Pretty good. I I would have let him near a table until he can prove that he can be yeah. responsible. Imagine if it collapsed underneath him, he just crushed. (laughs) (laughs) Cut him in two, he would have survived. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so we get double suplex through the table onto two kill by Taz and Raven, and they're eliminated. Yeah, fucking Raven no-sold the worms. <laughs> no, Exposing the business. He'll never work this territory again, you son of a bitch. Jerry Lawler calls Raven Raisin. He, call, he, call, he calls them Spaz and, and Raisin. Spaz! <laughs> spaz. <laughs> spaz and Raisin. And out next, it's the men who organised this little shindig, the Dudley Boys. Huge pop. Mm. And even more noticeably, a huge ECW chant. You've got four guys in the ring here who were the four top stars when ECW would have went on TV a few months previously, like debuting. And like everyone at the time was like, oh, that's awesome, isn't it? But when you think that ECW was still a company that was trying to survive week yeah. to week, you realize that, hey, folks, WWF nicked wrestlers too. You know? And it didn't even nick them to use them in a good way. Like Taz and Raven, they could have been doing so much better in ECW. Like I know they wouldn't be getting the same kind of money, but in terms of the, positioning, in terms though, of positioning, they yeah. would have been big stars in ECW. Oh, definitely. They are fucking squandered here. I mean, you know, I, 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 I've got strong feelings on this, guys, because I watched the, the WWE Network documentary, um, which is the Monday Night Wars, oh. and I feel so bad for for every all parties involved here that rotter Eric Bischoff. Going down to Philadelphia with a giant sack with ECW with dollar signs written on it. Putting Taz and Raven in that sack and then taking them here to WWF against their will. And then he opens it up the sack and he lets them out and he goes, yeah, now you're here, aren't you? And he goes away, you know. And then Vince is like, well, you're here now, guys. I'll adopt you. You know, I'll, I'll adopt you. You can be my boys. 
And damn that Eric Bischoff for stealing and raiding all the talent, you know. But Vince gives him a hot meal and all that because he's good. Because, yeah. you know, kindness of his heart. And that's the truth. That's the truth. So a massive ECW chance and Bubba Ray Dudley with this offense. The Bubba Bomb to Taz. He nearly sends that man's arse bone going out his fucking cranium. But it's so huge. Massive was up as well. Taz gets fucking clattered in the balls. Odd leg drop off the top rope through the table by Dean. Yeah, well, didn't see that coming. What was yeah, that? It's not Ooh. a usual move for him. No. Changing it up a little bit, I guess. Changed up a little bit. Works. Taz and Raven are gone. Coming out next, right to censor, which gets an immediate save the host chance <laughs> from this crowd. And I think, yeah, immediately we can kind of... You can lick your finger and put it in the air and kind of know what type of crowd this is here yeah. tonight as a result of that. Bo Buchanan handles the referee. We got some pretty good action from these guys and the crowd were really picking up. Could I just say, when they're the right to censor are coming out, JR has an absolutely amazing line. He goes, remember when the good father used to come out here smiling with all the hoes, having a really great time? <laughs> Everyone enjoyed it. Everyone thought it was great. It was good, clean family fun. You know, now, now look what we've got here. Right to censor instead. The referee is completely dead. And Bubba Ray powerbombs Bill Buchanan through a table. And this is like WCW levels of, of shoddiness, which is, no, no, no. I put him through a table. They just like <laughs> put him on top of the broken bit yeah. after they you know, knock him out. Boo! Awful. <laughs> Match restarts. I thought it would have been a nice you know, instance to bring out Foley, you know, because it's the kind of thing yeah, that he does. Yeah, he throws weight around about this. But yeah, no, this is kind of like, it's an assumption that, no, the match will restart if it's unfair now because of the Foley era. So, you know, I don't know how Foley got uh, info out there. I guess he used a raven or something like that. <laughs> and uh, immediately Godfather gets a 3D through a table and the Dudleys win their very own match. Thoughts on this one? Very good, actually. Um, it started off kind of bad, and there was a few fuck-ups in it, but I, I think, even just for the last half of it alone, I think there were some good spots. Yeah. It was a decent opener. It certainly got the crowd going, because there was tables, you know, breaking and guys flying around, so I think it's a decent way to start a pay-per-view. I think Lowdown came off really bad. <laughs> yeah, that started off badly. Bubba also took, I think we didn't discuss this, but Bubba took a disgusting chair to the head at one point. In this oh, spot. yes. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. Like, not worth it for this. No, definitely not. Uh, it's a good opener. Yeah, I, I did. I did enjoy it. It was exactly what you sort of want from an opening match at a pay per view. Yeah, got a bit of everything, you know. So got a bit good. of botch, bit yeah. of fun, yeah. <laughs> laughs and tears all round. Backstage, Test, Albert, and Trish Stratus chat the master plan. No plans falling into place. Speaking of fall, those aren't going to fall out, or are they? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't say it like it's a bad thing, Trish. Let them fall where they may. Whatever falls out, falls out. I mean, we wouldn't want to distract the acolytes after all. <laughs> <laughs> this one was a, a bit confusing because, like, WWE, they love their innuendo. But here they were kind of like... This isn't an innuendo. This, this is an innuendo. Her master plan is I'm going to show the... the, the no, but, like, they were like, hey, let them, you know, let them fall where they may is the most awkward way of putting that ever. Yeah. Tesco, let them fall where they may. You just, like, yeah, make no you know, bones about it. This is what they're talking about. They're pointing at Trish's breasts and saying, they, they're going to fall out in, oh, I want to see them. Get them out. Let's have a look. It's not like, going to happen, They're though. just all stood there pointing, and Trish is like, yeah... I've got pretty big tits. I'm, I'm just saying, if you've got the loosest grasp of breast physics, you know that in a top like that, that's not going to happen. You know, get with it, Tess, seriously. 
Rikishi is shown wandering around with a big hammer, which I just assumed he was using going to use to hit like a big piece of like you know saltwater taffy or like <laughs> peanut brittle and eat it all. <laughs> Recap of the whole strip poker angle: Tristratus was used as currency by the acolytes. Dreadful. Fucking wow! Like seriously, and. You know what? They could have probably gotten away with all this all being innocent fun because it was all like over-the-shoulder shots and implied and all that until fucking that big stupid galoot Bradshaw has to go drop them panties, girl. Yeah. Fuck off! She takes her knickers down and Bradshaw's just stood there like, oh, it's like, oh, in, it's horrible. It's like in Pulp Fiction where they open the briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> the set, they're going, <laughs> so, so obviously that's enough for a feud. Clearly, that's the bill. Because TNA themselves suggested to use Trisha's currency and then beat up the acolytes for following through on their own plan. Yeah. Am I going to guess this was on Heat of the same night as yeah. well? Fucking hell. So, kind of ridiculous. And there was a recap of Raw as well, where they tried to, like, you know, Trish is going to, like, kiss Bradshaw. And Bradshaw goes in to, like... He's meant to kiss her, and I think we have some problems with camera angles here tonight. Yeah, problem with camera angles. And... Kangaroo angles. Kangaroo angles. Kangaroo angles. A lot of problems with kangaroo angle. But yeah, this kangaroo angle was really bad because Bradshaw was meant to look, he's going to use kissing Trish, but they got her right from behind. So basically, what happens is Trish gets up on the apron and she kind of like, you know, lures him in and all that. And Bradshaw comes over and then it looks like he gives her the closest, sweetest hug ever. <laughs> like kind of real close, head right by her head, kind of going, it'll be okay. Don't worry, it'll be okay. I'm pretending to kiss you now. Like, so, coming up next, as a result of all this chicanery, it's the Acolyte Protection Agency with Lita taking on TNA and Trish. Lita coming out, women's champion, fucking awesome. Yeah. And what I like most of Lita is that when she was associated with the Hardy Boys, she still, like, she had her own music, her own video, yeah. came out on her own. Yeah. You know? She wasn't purely a thing for them. Yeah. She just yeah. happened to be with them as well exactly. as being She Lita. was her own character as yeah. well, which is fucking nice to see. No APA, though, when, when she waits for them. Huh. Oh, curiouser and curiouser. I'm starting to think that, you know, the master plan may have happened. Because yeah. like, you do think there's a brief period where they're kind of going, I wonder if they think that Trish's boobs have fallen out backstage. <laughs> I wonder if they think that's what's happened now. So TNA and Trish come out and they beat Lita three-odd-wood, essentially. They drop a big biscuit tin on APA backstage yeah they murder Farouk like they absolutely destroy him so Elita yeah, then gets jumped by Trish Hardys make the save and the whole thing just gets thrown out as like yeah uh, match never happened but it's again it was nice to see like the Trish and Elita feud going on and even though Trish isn't much of a wrestler they're able to have her get one over and yeah. you know I, I, I'm a fan of the feud I, but the kind of can't help but being tainted by the auxiliary stuff of the strip poker and so to remind yourself, it's very much the... Well, never mind all the gross booking crap like that, but this wasn't even a match. This was a Raw yeah. segment. This is a complete waste of time. Set up for something else. I, yeah. I was hoping that they would, like... Oh, Hardys have come out, so yeah. maybe they might Let's team start up. start the match now. Because yeah. yeah. remember, fully loaded, these six people had a fucking exactly. incredible yeah. match. Yeah. But no, it's nothing. And you know what? Acolytes and TNA, I would have actually liked to see those guys go out as well, because you've got four big burly bastards. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I'm quite pissed off we didn't yeah, get this we match. We denied anything, really. Fuck that, what, what, I, what I did like about this, though, is that, again, it's something you don't really get anymore, is that even though 
the Hardys aren't really part of this storyline. They come out to help that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and that's something that doesn't happen anymore. If you've, no, got, if, you, if, you've got, if you've got a stable and one of them is in a singles match and gets the shit knocked out of them, you're not gonna get. Yeah, exactly. It's like in No Mercy when you've got your three allies who are meant to come out, like your three (laughs) enemies. You know, they don't follow through on that anymore. Obviously, this pay per view named after the game plays by those rules. Plays by those rules. Later on, they're going to beat someone up with a big piece of cheese in the Rock shit book. (laughs) Edge and Christian backstage once again succumbs to iffy tummies, except this time they blame their nuts. Christian, earlier tonight you guys complained about food poisoning and the fact that you had to go home, but it looks like you two are feeling much better now. Yeah, look, Lillian, we thought it was our nuts. What? Yeah. You see, we wanted to be in that Dudley's Invitational Death Table thing as much as anyone else, but Christian and I went to the movies last night. We had some popcorn and peanuts, and we thought we got food poisoning from the nuts. Turns out, fear not, our nuts are safe for consumption. Yeah, I mean, just a couple hours ago, Edge was in the toilet totally blowing chunks, and I'm standing there holding his nuts when we realized something. Yeah, that there was no nuts in my chunks. So it had to be a passing virus. Our nuts are better than ever. As a matter of fact, I can whip them out right now. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and grab your nuts there, Edge. (laughs) What? You know, Lillian, if you want to sample our nuts later on, we'll be cheering the conquistadors on to victory over the Hardy Boys. Dude, you got big nuts. Our nuts rule all. (laughs) This goes on for far too long. Yep, yeah. This is like, you could literally say this twice and it would have been funny. All right, I on. love Edge and Christian, and I get even that it's meant to be them being stupid, but it went on way too long. Far too long. There's no nuts in our chunks. Do you want to grab our nuts? Dude, you have big nuts. Dude, nuts. 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 These two nuts are nuts. <laughs> Oh, it's so fucking lame. Tedious. Re- really bad, like. Yeah. I, it's funny, because Edge and Christian, I think most stuff they've done, with the exception of saying, what's the big deal about the JFK assassination? <laughs> yeah. That has was been, funny, though. It was, but yeah. This was just, it felt like... That's not funny. There's nice. not been anything... That, yeah, it's the first time they've been cringeworthy. Did Vince McMahon write this one? Probably. Yeah, well, they didn't say suffering suckatash, so I don't they know. No. They didn't make reference to anyone having a speech impediment, no. so, you know, we can only speculate. Coming up next... The placeholder feud that will never die. Y2J, Chris Jericho, for some reason, taken on X-Pac. And this match, apparently, will be in a cage. <laughs> Y2J is retreading water with this fucking X-Pac feud. Oh, God. Yeah. How great was Jericho and Benoit? Great. So good. Awesome. Jericho, that's a feud that can keep going. And it can. Well. You, yeah. You've mentioned previous episodes. Like you put these guys together, any scenario, any circumstances, and it'll be good. Jericho and Benoit feuded for most of the summer. They went their separate ways. Benoit went on and started going into title matches. And Jericho was just feuding with every Tom, Dick and Harry in the mid-card. X-Pac. I love that. And we love X-Pac. Yeah. Right? Honestly, yeah. we think he's awesome. But there's obviously a problem with X-Pac since SummerSlam. Which X- is, there's no DX. Well, yeah, yeah, X-Pac's always sort of represented the perennial like mid-carder. Euro- sorry, um, European title at best kind of level. Yeah, yeah. Chris Jericho does not deserve to be working in that kind of division. Yeah, he's way above that at this point. And it's a shame because in, it's one of these cases that instead of maybe elevating X Pac up to where you know getting him out of this kind of because he's in he's he's trading water. We've mentioned this in the previous yeah. uh, pay per view. Like, ain't no money in being a sidekick. He's still associated with DX. Mm. I thought they might get him out of this funk with this feud. It's not like. No. So, I will not take off this green and black attire, bro. Oh. Never. Because he doesn't own any of the clothes. Seriously. <laughs> with this recent prickish Y2J we're dealing with on Twitter, 
uh oh we've probably been blocked for that uh, I actually really pine for for this Jericho yeah brilliant like, Jericho and there's been a couple of times I've been hit with nostalgia watching you know all shows for the podcast but when I saw bright blonde long haired Jericho come out cut a funny promo have the crowd in his hands I was like, what happened to this guy? Getting yeah. Trying to get other people to spell words. Yeah, I mean, like, who is he now? This fucking weird man with Gordon Ramsay haircut and his shit tattoo. The mere mm. shadow of this Jericho. He is absolutely... I really have so little respect for the man anymore. Jericho on the mic. X-Fuck, I don't even remember why I hate you. <laughs> Writers neither. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he basically explains X-Fuck, he's... He's like, no one likes you with your stupid hair, your stupid gimmick, your stupid music, your Out stupid crotch chops. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's kind of really hit the nail on the head <laughs> yeah. there. That's quite cutting. Yeah. And Xbox has no retort. No. Shut no. up. <laughs> Stop that. Make some noise. <laughs> and of course, Jericho as well, you know, blurring the lines here. You can tell Jericho's obviously settled into WWF because mm. now he feels good enough that he can express discomfort with doing certain angles and segments. We all want to see this feud finally end. <laughs> JR bets his life that Steve Austin will show up later on. Yeah. That's a bit... All right. I mean, yeah, well, he probably will, but... It, that's bad, though, isn't it? It's like, kind of like, we have a big match that's about to happen. And like, on commentary, a cowboy just bet his life. I will set myself on fire if Steve Austin is... <laughs> That's distracting. Yeah, it's pretty bad as well that he's having to sort of be like, I promise Stone Cold will be here tonight. Stay tuned, I swear he's coming. You've already bought the pay-per-view, folks, so it doesn't really matter at this point, but Just he will show. say he's here. Like, I why can't you do that? I don't like the tease like that. Really. No. Yeah. Immediate Xbox sucks chance. Yep. Zany action outside to start, though. I really like this kind of big wild chase with X-Pac you know at the start he gets a chair he swings for the fences Jericho yeah. ducks he hits the cage anytime anyone can incorporate the outside of the of the cage during a cage match it's like I'm always impressed with that what is of those that the bell rings when they're on the outside shouldn't it only yeah. ring when they're both in the exactly. ring very good Weird. point yeah they technically both won immediately <laughs> at 32 minutes and 35 we get our lame X-Pac expression of the night where he literally turns to the camera and goes and hit in the ring this match will oh. Yeah! Oh. So you better change your strategy. Xbox is in control inside the cage. And then again, just talk about other shit on commentary. Rikishi apparently said on Heat that he's going to run over Austin again and again and again. <laughs> and again and again and again and again. Why? You're turn him into mush. <laughs> Just him. shoot him, mate. Like, if you want him out of the picture, like. They also start talking about Edge and Christian uh, having food poisoning from nuts. Nuts. And JR just goes, oh, they're nuts. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so nah, fucking mate. lame. They're wrestling. Mate, kayfabe's dead. I know they're not actually nuts. Like, <laughs> you know, just quit trying to pull that shit on me, right? Escape attempt by Y2J. Crowd really into this one, actually. Xbox is very sweary in this match. Yeah? He's motherfucking goddamn. Whoa, I didn't ever, catch any of that. Dropping bombs everywhere. Wow. Oh, I reckon he's hurt again. I reckon he's... I think, I, so. I think his neck's playing up a bit because that's whenever you hear Xbox swearing it's because he, he's got an owie neck. He does seem a little bit... I don't know if it's because he's heel and he's kind of working a slower style than as a result, but he's less sippy than mm. usual. Still mm. awesome, don't get me wrong. But that, you know, there could be something at play there. Constantly talking about other shit on commentary. It's very annoying. And the, particularly when the action slows down, it's kind of like, it's the birth what everyone complains about yeah. on Raw these days. 
Just and idle chatter. I don't know if it's because again we kind of impressions of Jr. went down a bit with the with his podcast in the last year or whatever, but certainly I can say at this point that the commentary in the Attitude Era, like it's awesome. I love it. I prefer it, but I don't think it's as perfect as everyone remembers. Oh no, not at this point in no. time anyway. Jerry, uh, you know Jerry's problematic as sin. Jr. gets just. You know how many times we said JR's weird tonight? Yeah. yeah. That's most pay per views in 99 we said that. Yeah. And Jerry, especially at this show, he's um, been defending the faces and sticking up for faces an awful lot more lately. It's like he's completely lost track of what he's meant to and do. And the main thing as well here is that, you know, they're they're chatting about shit that's not happening at the moment. And I'm sure if they had an app in a network and a price point, they would have been saying that here as well. Yeah. So, you know, you got to remind yourself, folks, Vince McMahon was the man on the headsets here and now, currently, the current product. So. You know, well, maybe once we shake up the commentary team a little bit, things will get better. Yeah, hopefully. Sick backdrop to Xbox into the cage. Mm. Fucking amazing. Xbox attempts a pin, and then we get another swear from where he gets a two count and just looks at the camera and goes, "Damn!" Bronco Buster by Xbox. Which Jim Ross is like, what a disgusting, despicable <laughs> lack of respect. <laughs> it's a gross move when you do it with a greasy heel like X-Pac. Yeah. Like, you know? Top rope powerbomb to X-Pac. Amazing. Mm. What a bump to take. Yeah. And if he is if he's hurt, hurt yeah. that's a fucking, that's a big boy bump well, to well, take. Well, we know he's willing to take those bumps as well remember that match with Triple H he had where it's very blatant he's just got a bad neck and, and he's just taking and Triple H is just working the neck yeah yeah X-Pac and this actually really ruined it for me he takes his top rope powerbomb and then what does he do he does time out he gets on his knees and starts doing the T sign that's so fucking hokey mm. isn't it like the begging off yeah, at the start of a match or something. Yeah, but you've just taken a bit, like, he's done the thing to you. But time out? <laughs> I hate that. Like. As if there's some unwritten rule in wrestling. Time out. You can call a time out. Like, has this ever worked before? Like, you know? Fucking hell. Both men climb to the top rope. Fucking really, really tense here now. We get the walls of Jericho on the cage. As 2000 seems to be the year where Jericho attempts the walls of Jericho in every conceivable position. Pretty much. But the walls of Jericho to X-Pac on top of the cage, what did you think of that? Badass. I, I, I didn't think I'd ever see anything like it, to be Seriously. honest. Seriously. Unbelievable. Kind of cheating that you have platforms at the top of the cage this yeah. time around, but... Oh, well. Small detail. X-Pac tries to crawl outside. He gets stopped by Jericho, but manages to get his hands on a chair, and Chris Jericho takes a fucking belter of a chair yeah. shot right to the head really uneasy unsettling to see you know in non-hardcore non-main event matches guys taking unprotected chair shots to the head like that in the undercard yeah, yeah it's really like kind of you gotta ask yourself is that worth it you know for no. the inevitable concussion the crowd just seem to fall into a murmur now after these big spots and i kind of like not really sure what, what what they're missing here. And I'm trying to think, is it maybe just the feud isn't there, you know? It, well, the feud's not there, but also I don't think it's an, a massively great crowd tonight, to be honest with you. No, no you think New York, you immediately think. But yeah. it's, it's upstate New York, not actual New York. Xbox slowly descends off the top, but YTJ dropkicks the door, and we get a very, very protracted ball spot as Xbox yeah. lands, like, ding! Yeah. And it's like three minutes. He just stays there. Like, Jericho goes out, he escapes, wins... 
And as Jericho's music plays, replays, you know, the fucking next match comes and, you know, Xbox is still there. They bring the cage up and Xbox is still lying there with his Mickey hanging off the sideline. I hear he's still there. <laughs> Rumours are that if you peer just very closely, you can hear him saying, make some noise to the rafters of Albany, New York. What do you think of that one? I was, like, a fan of it, but I think that it's, like, for, like, cage match, to me, screams big feud Blood big feud, end yeah. and here this was like chair shots top rope power bombs off a cage all this crazy shit and it felt wasted on a feud that didn't have anything to you know never got never got a second gear this whole feud that's yeah. exactly it it looks like it should have been a really good match but because the feud was not up to anything I just didn't really care about it yeah. cage matches are getting a bit diluted for me as well because we seem to be having one every other pay-per-view I think so the standard of cage match has been raised quite high I mean we need only look back at Val Venus and Rikishi and and thinking you know there's if you have a cage match that's powerful you know you don't need to do another one the next month and the next month cage matches for me should, should be reserved for those on the upper card yeah I mean, um, whilst I did enjoy um, Venus and, and Ricky, well, that's icy belge. You can argue that, was, that you know, that, at that, least. But it's just I don't know which random mid card feuds. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. Definitely. WWF New York. Steve Blackman breaking his mother's heart. No top on him. Doing a little stick dance. Yeah. I, I do like though he swings it behind his head and he does knock someone's beer out. You're not 21, bro. You know. It is sad to see Blackman never going past the SummerSlam 2000 hype. Yeah. If you feud with a McMahon, get over, and they have nothing for you after that. You're fucked. Like, come on. It really writes sad. itself. WWF New York. WWF New York. Dancing. Could have been worse. You could have been eating a meatball sandwich. Oh. Backstage, Mick Foley is shouted at by Big Bad Keish. Welcome Where's Austin? Everybody showed up since he, and he's still not here. Hey, listen, if I know Steve Austin, he's not going to miss this match. But if he doesn't show up in a few minutes, I'll walk down to the ring, and I will raise your hand and announce you the victor via forfeit. Right, right, right. You do that. You do that. Hey, listen, if I were you, I'd be getting dressed, because Steve Austin is always closer than you think. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, right. Promises that he will raise Rikishi's hand if Austin doesn't show up. And what I love most about Rikishi is that he's like, you know, one of those proper Vince McMahon giant monster badasses. He's a ruthless killing machine. He ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin. He doesn't like white people. Also, he's a coward as well. Like, he's kind of like, I don't want to wrestle Austin tonight. Raise my hand, my forfeit. Oh, I, can I wrestle this match in my car and run him over instead? Fucking pick a story and stick with have it. Have one trait and just go with mm. that. Like, don't have to have every villainous trait in the same category. Vince McMahon's like, I, w- I would have given a push to non-white wrestlers, but they just spend so much time in their goddamn cars. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, who is injured this evening, he's hurt his elbow. It was a match with Chris Jericho on Raw for the IC belt. Very famous monkey flip botch where Jericho sends him over and... Maybe they thought they were in two wrestling rings instead of one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he goes cascading over, bounces awfully into the ropes. Yeah. Eddie already had a dicky elbow yeah. from him, so he's out tonight. So the match is now going to be Val Venus and Stevie Richards taking on China and Mr. Ass. More on that later, but yeah, Eddie Guerrero, sadly, injured again. But speaking of, badass Billy Gunn. 
He's badass Billy back. He is. He's here. Yeah, he's back. He's back. So fucking rubbish. It's Still. like for me, what it reminds me of. He looked like kind of he's an unlocked character, kind of because he, he just doesn't fit in, does he? It's like unlocking someone in SmackDown Two, kind of going, oh yeah, he's part of the whole. Yeah, right, I, but, I remember him. Yeah, yeah like, but he looks out of place. It is. I think his problem is, and this is awful, is that he looks. He looks too good. He looks mm. too perfectly exactly like how he looked. It's just like someone just took 1989 King of the Ring Billy Gunn yeah. and just like photocopied him and put him exactly yeah, here. Yeah, no change. He's he gone for four or five months. He's gone since No Way Out, February to October. Nine months nearly. Yeah. So, you think you would have come up with something else. Yeah. Bit of development there maybe, but you no. Know, but no, he's just back. Badass Billy Gunn and he's with China. JR says Mr. Ass is rectally obsessed. Yeah. Rectally obsessed. I don't think he's, he's not obsessed with the rectum. I, 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 my understanding of it is he was obsessed with the cheeks. Oh no! I, think, I, I thought that was. I didn't think he. So was, is it the anus? Is that anus completely out of play then? I, I, I think so. I think it is just the cheeks. Why are, his, why are his feelings on the gooch? Like, is he pro? I think I, that, he's that, probably. That's not even the ass, Kevin. Don't get me. You don't even know what you're talking it's about. A, it's it's ass adjacent. Yeah, exactly. it's part of the whole park, structure. Right? No, you, don't, you don't know what you're it's talking about. It's part of the though. continent of the ass. No, you, Talking bollocks, mate. No <laughs> am I talking? I'm talking out your Billy Gunn coming out here with China, and you know he goes away a long, long time. Picks up the microphone, still as awkward as always. Yep. You know, on that interview, he's so fucking wooden. What has he been doing? And as far as right to censor, they just made the biggest mistakes of their lives because for taking up for this rat. Because now they get introduced to the most beautiful thing in the World Wrestling Federation and Mr. Ass. And what happens tonight is these two dweebs get absolutely destroyed. What has he been what doing? What has he He's been just doing? Been That's a good question. TV. He's been sitting, not eating burgers. That's all we know because yeah. yeah. he looks great. But other than that, like... Practice. Have an idea, you know... I guess when you were someone like him and the Outlaws was so over, you probably just kind of go, well, why, what should we change? Like, this mm. was over. I was over. I think he kind of got a bit complacent with the fact Fair, that Road yeah. Dog did a lot of the, the mic work. Definitely. And then he never realised after they broke up that, you know, I have to be my own Road Dog now. Learn how well, to like, do that. I mean, and then he just never did. He just thought, oh, well, I'll, it'll be fine on the night. And it just never has been. You go away in, you know, February of 2000. You come back now... And you've got all these new guys, the radicals, current angles, like, you know, main event guy. Like most, there's been so much upward mobility on the card that, yeah, Billy Gunn, if you're coming back thinking, ah, my plate will be kept warm for me. Mm. Oh, my food's ready. You know? his, his, <laughs> it's his, not. His, his plate was cold when he left. <laughs> I know, that's, that's true. Thing, you know. No one's bunged it in the microwave for him. And now he's come back in, the restaurant's closed down, like, you know. <laughs> wow, this metaphor. This is metaphor great. is off the chain, like. <laughs> So, Right to Censor coming out. Stevie Richards gets the microphone and says, The right to censor will only hit a woman if it is necessary. <laughs> They're weird characters, aren't Very they? Very yeah. weird. I, I don't quite get their, their standards. I don't get... Only if necessary. <laughs> he, he gets very evil here. And you can tell that Stevie hasn't got it in him. Yeah. Don't ask Stevie Richards to do voices. He can't. You know, and then you should come out, Stevie, and do a British accent. Don't! Stop! Leave him! He's got fucking problems. Why don't you do the intro to your own theme music, Stevie? Leave him alone! <laughs> Leave him alone! So, Billy Gunn, the only obsessed one, starts things off. Val Venus pants are 
very distracting in this one. Yeah. Very, very distracting. Nope. But Val Venus, Billy Gunn starting things off. Great action. But you think Billy's looking across the ring going, well, my former porn star has got new hair and a completely new gimmick and new look. Why has he changed so much? Why has he changed so much? I've stayed the same. You idiot. Val Venus was over as hell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we should just stay the same forever. Like. So, yeah, really great action for these two. Really, really great. I love how they use Stevie as kind of like, he's almost like the Trish Strat- The parallels between this and the SummerSlam tag where Stevie's like Trish Stratus, basically. Yeah. Like, Don't tag him in. He might lose, you know. <laughs> I absolutely adore that. But Stevie gets tagged in and he immediately gets press China tie handles Stevie. She like proper fucks him around. And I love it because they do the whole thing with, you know, the playboy, like making her life a living hell. So to see China finally get her hands on Stevie and toss him around like a sack of potatoes. It's fucking awesome, you know. China rubs her boobs in Val Venus's face, though. She's trying to remind him of who he once was. Sort of like, <laughs> trying to break the cult. Yeah, I, it's weird. Yeah. Very weird. Or do you see work over Billy Gunn's shoulder, playing up the injury that he sustains? The fucking rest holes in this bit. Billy Gunn is just lying there with like a smile on his face, just happy as Larry to just. Get it's like no rest. mercy. They've only got the one scanned face. It's fucking <laughs> like the <awful>. game. <laughs> he can't sell for shit. No. He just lies there. It's really, really Useless. bad. Fucking awful, yeah. And he's there for a long, long time. And Billy Gunn is... I guess he's trying to be Road Dog in this one. Yeah. But China's in Playboy. She's the star, so she gets the hot tag, really. And mm. she does get the hot tag to China. Yeah. It was a hot tag. It, it was, was. definitely. It definitely was a hot tag by definition. But she hits the handspring and elbow. And then she gets a low blow to Stevie Richards. She then eats a famouser. But out of nowhere, Eddie Guerrero, straight out of no mercy the game this one is. He fucking <laughs> clocks China with the stupid flowers. Yeah. You know. With the pipe. With the pipe in the middle. And yeah, so China knocked out. RTC win this one. The ignorant ref counts to three on the fucking petals. One, <laughs> two. Ow, I got a thorn. Three. <laughs> Quick question. Yeah. Why bother with the flowers? Because Mamacita. Just hit her. If you're going to be an asshole and hit her with a pipe, just hit her with a pipe. Don't, like, don't did Eddie me. actually think, I'm going to come out there, Holmes, go into the ring, and she'll think I'm wildly stringing, swinging a gift at her. <laughs> like, oh, Eddie, bam, you know. Then she won't be mad at me when I hit her with a pipe. Seriously. <laughs> What's like, the point? It's not, it's, it's... Nonsense. Not nonsense. Backstage, Triple Face denies Stephanie's request. She wants to go out in the ring with him tonight, you mm. know, for his match with Chris Benoit, which is coming up later on. And Triple H, who is full-blown face now, is like, doesn't want Stephanie to accompany him to ringside. Not because he's like, I don't know, these guys are kind of cheering me now. It seems kind of stupid to have you out with me. But he's like, scared for Stephanie because Benoit is like, you know, he's head-butted Stephanie. Yeah. You know, he's re- I like Stephanie's gotten hurt several times out at ringside. So it's for her own protection, basically. He doesn't want her out there. He thinks she's, quote, a liability. Oh, we don't want to say that, mate. Yeah. They keep mentioning that Kurt is her business partner, but they never say what the business is. Basically, because she's not allowed in Triple H's corner anymore, she's like, well, would you mind then if I can, like, because I'm a good manager. You know, I've managed the WWF champion. She's like, yeah, fine, whatever. So she's Kurt's manager now. Oh, when I when they said business, I thought like Kurt brought out like a range of condoms or something. He'd like <laughs> he'd ask for some McMahon money to front it. Yeah, condoms that make your penis not work anymore. Yeah. Abstinence, you know. Yeah, uh, Stephanie, being a proper fucking smart that she is, has only been tape trading. 
She's got a tape for Triple H, like, you she's know. She's got Benoit's secret tapes. She's been watching old Fujinami tapes in New Japan and whatever for Triple H to see. OMG, Mark Stephanie. The Kurt Angle-Stephanie pairing I like, though. Because, yeah, again, like we had the huge blow-off to the Kurt and Triple H feud. Yeah. And now they're kind of like, all right, water under the bridge. Let's be friends. Can your wife manage me, please, you know. Triple H clearly is uncomfortable with it. But yeah. the reason why, one of the reasons why fans got around Triple H so much is that they empathise that he had all these problems with his wife basically and Triple H ends up kind of going right fine yeah that's cool you go out with Kurt even though you know that that's not what he wants yeah. and that actually does make him quite like it, sympathetic it's in a way he's not full on face as in like he's not coming out and being like I do all of this for you people here and everything he's literally just face because of the situation he's in makes him so yeah. much more sympathetic definitely it's very organic so Triple H says Kurt Angle is responsible for anything that happens to Stephanie tonight when she accompanies him to the ring. Rikishi comes out now on his way to the ring. In a moo Yeah. In a quilt cover, I was going to say. <laughs> okay. When this first happened, I there was two big things which everyone in the playground was obsessed with. One which I can explain, one which I can't. One was, what was Rikishi's music going to be? We were obsessed with that, right? <laughs> we couldn't figure out, like, what was going to happen? Like, mm. you know, number two, we really wanted to know if Steve Austin was going to wrestle this in his ring gear or just in jeans or whatever. Because it was meant to be his first match back, and for some reason that was very important. I don't know why we were that, you know, into that. You were children, that's But why. we were like, God damn it, what, you know, he has to show up in his wrestling tights, which he doesn't tonight. Yeah. Rikishi's music, though. Bad man. It's the the Sopranos theme. I'm a bad man. All right, Billy. Billy, you got the lyrics there for "Bad Man" by Rikishi. So obviously, we've got a change of character for Rikishi. We got to reflect that in his music. Can't come into Two Kills music no more. So, bad man. I'm a bad man. Bad man. I'm a bad man giving bad men bad looks. Prince amongst thieves and crooks. One bad woman, <laughs> bad cars, bad hoods, bad jewels. Bad I'm making jewels. my own rules. I'm a bad man giving bad men bad looks. Repeat that last bit again. Let me get juvenile from a good kid. What above a felony? What make from a life bid? If I was born blind, being daddy's hustling child, damn, I was born to be wild. Ain't nobody gonna stop me. I want it all till God shuts my eyes and they bury my body. We're suffering from Jim Johnsonitis here yeah. with the second stanza. Where's well, all the bad stuff there's, again? There's also you get the F word in it. Oh my! Yeah, you get Been um, fucked up. Yeah, cock the hammer back in a little in a little boy mouth. He, he shot a he little shot boy. boy being fucked Never up mind ever, Steve Austin running him over. Ever since Scar Murderer. Brought me and bust me a gun ever since. Roam the streets, no love. The streets, the streets changed me. I'm a Who bad is, man. Who is he to fucking Ken Shamrock living I'm in a car? I'm a Ken Shamrock never shot a child in the face. <laughs> I'm a bad man shooting children. Bad man. That is what you're saying. All right. What? Killers ran in his house tied to his spouse. So that's... That, well, home invasion. That's what, so this, this, this whole verse is about him being involved in a home invasion. Home invasion right. in America, you can go to prison for a very long time. Yeah. Because it's like a, it's one of the top ones, apparently. According to Louis Theroux, anyway. So, thoughts on bad man, guys? Well, he wants bad women, bad cars, bad hoods, and bad jewels. What more can you say? I got the Mrs. Bad Jewels for anniversary, and she was not happy, let me tell you. <laughs> Even though I'm making my own rules, you know? It's... it's Wow! Even as a kid, I knew this was one of the worst themes I'd ever heard. I remember because we stayed up to watch this the next night at the playground. What was his music like? It's kind of it's hard to. He was bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. They talked about him being bad, and I'll tell you about Rikishi coming out here. 
I can't blame it all on the music, but you could hear a pin drop yeah. when this fucking parade flow comes out wearing a silly moo with a hammer talking about bad jewels shooting children. What's happened? So mild. Somebody should have shown him this when he didn't mention Tuchel in his fucking Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry, did you guys not notice, like, did you guys think the same as me that this weird has just came on halfway through the pay-per-view? Yeah, it felt the, like the main event, The surely. opening yeah. package hyped it up, and obviously the months and months of build, sorry, the year of a build up until this, I really thought this should be the main event. Well, straight away, because it's not in the main event slot, you're smelling a rat with a finish, aren't Something's you? Something's not yeah. going to go yeah. well here. Because I was about to say at the start of this, kind of going, oh, WWF title has been marginalised once again, but it is in the main event slot. Yeah, it is. This, however, is not. Rikishi being heel, Rikishi being one of my favourite wrestlers, I think, as a kid, and also reviewing the, the, the pay-per-views from the Attitude Era, I've been really impressed. Nearly every time Rikishi's on screen, he's in. he's really impressive. He was great in the Rumble, he was great in all those tags, he was great in his singles matches, his cage match cage with Val. Match. I fucking, I'm a big fan of Rikishi and Too Cool. Mm. What do you think about them? Because they split up the act. Too Cool were like, initially they covered for Rikishi, because Foley Ember asked them, how Foley found out it was Rikishi, was Foley asked Too Cool if they knew anything. He was asking everyone. Yeah. He was like, not your Survivor Series what were you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we were just hanging with our boy Rikishi, you know, and nothing was, was up. Now, Too Cool had wrestled that night, that was their debut on pay-per-view. Right. But Rikishi hadn't yet debuted, and Foley figured that out, and it transpired that Too Cool were actually just trying to provide cover for Rikishi. Those bastards. But they didn't know what he was doing, they just, like, he, he had asked right. him to do it. And then they did a handicap match, Rikishi taking on both of Too Cool, and he just, <gasps> he jobbed them out. Like, he, oh. he jobbed them out worse than he did in the Hall of Fame, like, you know? Oh. Bad man that he is. It could have been worse. He could have shot their children, you know. They yeah. didn't, <laughs> didn't come invasion, to that. Home invasion. Cover them in bad jewels, you oh. know. Disappoint their wives. Rikishi's a heel, though. For me, it just inherently, I see the man. I see a big, larger-than-life character with that. He still has his big butt and his big pants that are like, whoa, stink face. I Straight away, I'm like, I can't boo you. I can see why uh, yeah. they thought it was a good idea and why they could make... Rikishi into the next monster heel or whatever because he's a big guy and he's got definitely got the skill and the charisma. Yeah, I can see why they thought it would be a good idea, but he's just yeah he doesn't work as a heel. He's Rikishi. He's yeah, brilliant no, I don't buy it. I mean, do you? Because I, I I mean the problem is that it's all based on him running over Austin, and I don't buy that he ran definitely over not. Austin. Even when like Austin is confronting him about him running over Austin, I don't believe that Rikishi did run over Austin. And it doesn't help matters as well that like Rikishi spends the build up to this kind of going, I'm gonna kill Steve Austin. <laughs> you don't believe those words, mate. And Steve Austin's like, I'm gonna kick you because you're fat. He's really got a big ass. <laughs> you know, and Austin kind of at the start, he's all mad, like, I'm going to get my revenge. But then it becomes like, I'm going to beat up this big fat galoot. And it kind of loses a bit of its intensity by the yeah. time we get here. But, you know, here we are. To all the WWF superstars in the back, I am going to weed my way through every last one of you. And when I find the bastard that did this, I will take it out on your ass. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're guilty until proven innocent. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you are free to conduct your investigation any way you see fit. But I need to have your word on this matter. And that word is, you will not 
interfere in matches again. And wait, there's Stone Cold. He's in a standing move. Let's see what Foley's going to do now. So as the commissioner of the WWF, you left me no other alternative but starting now to suspend you indefinitely. Oh, whoa. Oh, what awesome is this under the commissioner. For God's sake, Stone Cold. What are you thinking? Now what? I didn't do it for me. I did it for The Rock. What? I'm happy with what I've done. I feel good at what I've done. And to tell the truth, I do it again. Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is why I ran your ass over. If you want some of me, I'll be here all night. Come and get some Austin. Austin Gore, he's walking with a purpose. He's, he's going, he's going after Rikishi. My God, is Rikishi got a death wave. This is why I ran. for this one is rather awesome i will say foley got stunned suspended austin you know great thing about austin was after he came back at the previous pay-per-view after the whole thing with shane austin literally stunned everyone trying to find (laughs) out right to censor dudley's edge and christian lower card upper card middle card Austin ruined several matches. Yeah, he, uh, he ruined Regal's debut. Oh, God! Can we... Right, Regal's debut. We'll talk more about that later. But, you know, he came out and he was like meant to read Shakespeare. And Austin just came out, stunned him, and turned left. around and left. <laughs> now, I like the unpredictability of uh, Steve Austin running wild on a show. Even if it is at the expense of literally everyone else on the yeah. roster. But not on someone's debut. Uh, I, I still loved it, I though. It made me laugh yeah, so much. Made me laugh it's, it's so debut, much. No. Austin stunning Foley, though. That's kind of a big one. And Foley was like, you've got to let me figure this out because yeah. it's you're, you're taking it too far. Austin nearly got ran over again on SmackDown by Rikishi. Yeah. Austin, and, and a mystery a mystery accomplice and a mystery accomplice Ooh. driving the car whose side are they on Austin slowly walking backstage and then a limo pulls up beside him and the window pulls down they're like yeah with a hammer <laughs> and Rikishi goes Austin this Sunday no mercy gonna chuck you out <laughs> really <laughs> slowly drives away I'm gonna say lad drive by hammer attack not the best idea, not is it? Not the way to go. Not the way to go. I remember the hype for this one. Austin makes us all very, very excited. Great to see him return 
last month, but I'm so happy to see Austin yeah, back. Actually, finally, right. Attitude Era has got its main star back. What's going on? Why is Steve Austin fighting a pillow? Crowd is completely dead for Rikishi. This whole race angle made everyone feel uneasy. The feud really got ruined by this. And uh, yeah, Austin decides to come out. Literally, Foley's there about to raise yeah. his hand, and Austin's like, boom. And Austin appears in his truck as well, yeah, his pickup yeah. truck, which I absolutely adore. It's really fucking awesome. Austin trucks speeds to the ring, rise really, really fast. And straight away, I'm, I'm into it. I'm like, yeah, same. All jazzed up. Austin, though, is wrestling in his civvies, which I thought was weak. Yeah, I mean, I can see why they did that, because it's not a proper match, this. Yeah. It's, it's not a match. He has like wrist tape. Definition. He nah, has wrist doesn't tape. doesn't matter, this isn't a match. What, what I like, though, is they've obviously not told Tim White that he's coming out in the uh, in, in a truck because he has the biggest smile on his face. He's like, he's so happy that he's a part of this moment. Marking out. Brilliant. Austin beats the absolute fuck of Rikishi. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, even for Austin. And one thing I'll say about Rikishi, kudos to him. He takes, he took the whole thing. Like, yeah. you know, Rikishi's and, a scary bleeder. Yeah, he bleeds deep. He does. And he bleeds hard. This is what happens when you let Universe Mode decide the payoff of one of the biggest angles of the Attitude Era. It was Rikishi. It's good. <laughs> fine. Austin beats up Rikishi more. Austin beats up Rikishi some more. Austin beats up Rikishi some more. I started getting bored around this part. Austin beats up Rikishi some more. Yeah. The crowd literally kind of are almost getting beat up themselves. Yeah. yeah. If you know what I mean. Out of nowhere, Austin suddenly grabs a hangman's noose. Yeah. Now we already we've we've talked before. We don't like choking spots. No. Hangman spots particularly. But, but there's actually a hangman's noose. I've mean, been talking about race. Mm-hmm. And they've got a hangman's noose. Yep. Austin the Great White Hope. <laughs> oh. Do it for white people, Austin. <laughs> oh no. Come on, like this is fu- it's, Yeah, you know right? it's it's tasteless. It really yeah. tasteless. Choke spots like that I don't like, but. You Why does it have to be a hangman's noose? If it was a chain, chain's kind of more or a fucking anyway. cable yeah. camera. Sorry, yeah. cable for a TV camera, whatever. But yeah, if WWE, if you are gonna, you know, you're gonna make it your business to bring race into it, then it's your responsibility. Don't, don't use a lynching. Don't prop. You, literally, yeah. Seriously, it's so fucking tasteless. Really, really bad stuff here. Rikishi reverses a pile driver. That is his only offense in this match. Bless him. Bless him. There's a man in the crowd. He's a bald dude covered in stickers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're fighting through the crowd. And I'm not going to say he ruined the angle for me, but any kind of like, come on, it was gone at this point. Because uh. it was a bald man covered in stickers. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking creep. Like. Austin gets, after he gets reversed from the pile driver, he's obviously backdropped onto the concrete, mm. which means we get my favourite character of all, Dusty Austin. <laughs> he's very dusty for the rest of this match. And of course, after the hangman spot, well, it's only the one thing which we can do to really you know, push home the, the, the point. Uh, Austin takes off his belt and whips Rikishi. Yeah. Yep. You can't do that, lads. No, you can't do that. And either. again, that's why, like, you know, it shouldn't have been Rikishi. No. no. It shouldn't have been Rikishi. Here's a question. Who should it have been? Like, well, I mean, who did you think it would? You said you thought it was Triple H. I thought it was Triple H, yeah. Yeah. And that would have made sense. Would have been, should have been Triple H. It should have been Triple H. Yeah. And if it was Triple H and he got hanged and whipped and all that, it would have been fine. But yeah. sadly, nope, apparently it's not Triple H. Rikishi manages to get in a punch or two here and then goes for a chair, misses it, 
Austin gets his chair and he does not. He hits Rikishi three times as hard as he can. Each more disgusting than the last. He bends the chair around Rikishi who does big blood. I'm starting to think that Austin actually got run over by Rikishi in real life. It's <laughs> yeah. so horrible. Seriously. Do you reckon when he nearly choked on burgers it was because like Rikishi was holding up a sign <laughs> on the side of the road. I like, fuck up yours Austin. I, what? I, wait a minute. I thought it would have been in the in and out burger you know Austin gets his order or whatever and just behind the counter in the little chef's hat with his sunglasses and leather gloves is Rikishi going <laughs> right. there's an extra petty in that one Austin. Do you want fries? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. And to show that Austin isn't taking this one fucking seriously anymore, after he gives Rikishi, the man who ran him over, three sick chair shots breaking the man's brain apart, waddling away, covered in blood, what does Austin think is appropriate to do? He puts on Jim Ross's hat. Yeah, he's having a great time, isn't he? And then he gives Rikishi two more unprotected chair shots to the head, to which Jim Ross goes, Steve's got my hat! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck's sake. Austin picks up a sledgehammer. Yeah, this is where it gets really murderous Is this symbolic-like? And Rikishi's like slumped against his car. And Austin just like swings at his head. He's trying to kill him. Rikishi just moves out of the way, but if he didn't, that would have... Crushed yeah. his skull. That would murder you him. You just know Austin was backstage going, well, if it was a real match and he really ran me over, I'd have to kill some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Only way about it, Vince, I'm going to have to throw a sledgehammer at his hand. <laughs> Fucking seriously. So you've got attempted murder now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the strike ma- one. Times two, I would say. The match itself was attempted murder. He loads Rikishi onto his truck. Oh, attempted kidnapping as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's going to drive to his house and invade it. He's doing everything in the fucking song. Uh, yeah, is. <laughs> I'm going to shoot a child next. <laughs> and he manages to load him onto the truck with a chair shot. <laughs> kind of like, you're loading up the car or loads of luggage. Just like, hit it with a chair. Smack it in there. Bang. Austin drives and drinks at the same time. He sits yeah. down and gets a can out. Grand Theft Austin, like, fucking hell. Add drink driving to that so, list as well. Yeah, now, was that the four? That's three now. That's three yeah, now. Austin's driving right. Hold them here, hold them here, hold them here. But they did say several times before that it was a no holds barred. Everything is legal in this match. So Austin he's not in, technically breaking the law because it's you know anything goes. Austin put in the cheat code is what you're telling me. So the stars <laughs> went down yeah. to zero. Like so, Austin drives out. Has to do a three point turn. Hey, oh, yeah, exciting action. <laughs> do you hate when you do a three point turn? DraftKings.com. Unloads Rikishi outside. He puts him on the curb. I'm just, again, where are we going with this, Austin? Yeah, this is getting WCW worthy now, isn't Seriously, it? Seriously, from the company that brought you Seth Rollins curb stomping Big E on Martin Luther King Day, yeah. we present three, like, three fucking attempted murder spots that are really strongly linked with white people, you know, having a go yeah. at fucking, you know, people of colour. It's really, really, really inappropriate. Yep. I don't like it. So Rikishi's just lying there in a pool of blood, sat on a curb. Maybe he's learned his lesson now. Maybe that's enough. Austin yeah. flashes the headlights on full blast. But the problem here is, right, Austin was inside, right? Like in Grand Theft Auto, you're inside the mall or whatever. If you go outside, it doesn't remember that you've got the cheat on. So he's immediate three-star rating. Yeah, right. that. So the cops are on Austin. And as Austin is driving... To kill Rikishi. To kill. Should she's going to pop him like a clay. This will be a murder shot that he's going yeah. for here. You, know, you don't come up for I me. Mean, he's going to sell this. like you know. 
know, some bitch kicked out of me driving over him. He'll never work this territory again. You know, he's driving. And I never understood this as a kid, what happened. As if, was this, like, planned or, like, are we meant to believe that someone called him? But Austin, as he's driving, about to kill him, a cop car just manages to be driving by ignoring a bleeding minority on the side of the road you yeah, know yeah. ignoring a man of colour who's been like beaten up and bloody by a white person like forget about it is this he thought he deserved it yeah no drive past ignore him and Austin runs into the into the cop car and then Austin reverses and drives into it again and then eight more cop cars turn up yeah seriously where it gets mental now and Rikisha runs away going five oh like but no it's there's loads of cops show up immediately Austin gets arrested. He has like no reaction to it. At he all. starts smiling. He starts and then smiling. He's it's, it's, it's kind of like he just goes, "I know, I fucked up." <laughs> then they have to like open up the cop car that he hit and uh, put the police officer onto a stretcher and, uh, yeah, and take him away. So take you, him can, away. you can add hospitalising a police officer to his list of offences as well. Yeah, and no, the night. no, no right, I'll well. be on Raw tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, no, as well, the Mister Policeman gets carried away after getting a little ding, <laughs> and fucking Rikishi is left. <laughs> fucking bleed out on a curb <laughs> drowning in his own blood it's fucking October it's cold out there and Austin's taken away and to sum up how this didn't quite work how they wanted to Jim Ross goes Austin's been taken to jail quite frankly <laughs> quite frankly I was, quite frankly I was really hoping you know when they were loading the, the policeman into the into the uh, the ambulance someone was going to say he was one week from retirement, goddammit. <laughs> Austin, you son of a... We get loads and loads of replays now. Something was off time in here because we get confused JR and Jerry constantly glancing at their screen, yeah. wondering what they're meant to talk about. Replay of what just happened. Another awkward chat. Another replay. What's going on? Craig has been killed by this as well. Yeah. You've denied them the payoff and giving them all the gore, and that's not what people wanted to see. And then half of that was outdoors as well, where the crowd don't even get to see it in front of them, so... I think the main problem here is that they mistakenly thought, Austin as well, because this is Austin written all over how this match went off, making him look like the fucking Terminator. Yeah. People didn't want to see Steve Austin come back and do a big revenge thing. I know you might think that. No, actually, what we really, really wanted, really, really... So we just wanted Austin back. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And if Austin came out in his tights and just bet someone in a regular five minute match or whatever, that probably would have been enough. Yeah. And people would have been happier than this. Beat Rikishi in the match. But just have a match with him. Don't do you know, How many months has Austin been? It's a whole year nearly since Austin's been gone. He finally comes back and it's a dreadfully confusing, yeah. ill conceived, fucking so many awfully racist things in this match. Yeah. But you know, it's just awful really bad and this should have been the biggest yeah. thing of the Attitude Era you know you're, you're, your guy got injured he's making his comeback you know you've made this feud that writes itself someone ran him over how did this come out of it yeah. Yeah. what do you think Billy are you like disappointed with this or are you, you know, is it good enough for you what, what do you reckon I, I enjoyed the brutality for what it was yeah but there's, it wasn't a match and I mean I've, I've I've said it before. Austin's never been the the greatest in ring worker. Yeah, he 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 gets carried sometimes. So I wasn't expecting him to come back and have a barn burner because he wasn't having great matches before he left anyway. I just wanted him to come back and do a few stunners. We didn't yeah, even get to see a stunner. No stunners. Yeah, you know? no stunners. That's what Fuck I that! Like. I, I would have been absolutely happy with crowd brawl stunner end, and that's what people would have wanted. Yeah. yeah. 
And people would be like, oh, I mean, honestly, the damage to Rikishi would have been like, Rikishi probably would have actually worked better as a big monster heel because people are like, oh, no, you can't just have him beat him quick like that because it would have killed his character. Yeah. But obviously, what, he has, I, what, what would be, that, I mean, what I wrote down after this was, well, that's Rikishi then. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen? That's like? the end of that. Steve Austin, this Sunday, I'm going to bleed all over you. Yeah, he's <laughs> you He's done. Made no sense. Stick a fork in him, lads. Coming up next, European Championship on the line as our boy Chili Willy takes on Naked Midian, who has a Chili Willy. William Regal is back. Not a man's man, but or... The Goodwill Ambassador. The Goodwill Ambassador to the United States of America from jolly old England. I tell you right now, growing up in Ireland at the time, we fucking hated William Regal. <laughs> <laughs> William Regal causing the famine, coming over here, <laughs> waving. That's what he did, isn't it? He poisoned all the potatoes and he waved at us, the fucking <laughs> bastard. In my older years now, adore William Regal. Yeah, Regal's, so Regal's great. And in my even older years now, know what we know. When was the last time we saw William Regal, do you remember? Survivor Series 1998. Oh, when, he his, when, he, when he had his... Um, Real man's man. Drugged up match with X-Pac. Which was surprisingly good. Mm. But here he is, clean and sober. He looks so much better. He does. What literally happened was that he had his contract with WWF. He was obviously messed up. He went to Vince and said, I need help. Vince put him in rehab. He was there for nearly a year. And now he's perfect. He's fine. He's back. He's 100% clean and sober. And he's pretty much been like, you've not heard any tragic William Regal stories since. If you know what I mean. And considering the place where he was, slurring his words in promos, forgetting matches, you know, just being like fucked up all the time. Yeah. And to see him here and be so good. And he's such an important part of that company now, such an important resource. He really is. That like, say what you will about Vince McMahon, but anytime there's an instance like this where he takes a, you know, a genuine interest in someone and, you know, goes out of his way to make sure that they can get back on their feet. Yeah. You know, didn't have to pay this man he was only a mid carter yeah he's he saved the, him you know he had only worked with him for a couple of months and yeah. yeah he saved his life and i'm really happy to see william regal here not really happy to see him defending the sorry defending the european belt against midian without any pants right yeah. naked midian yeah i bet you thought we were done with midian didn't yeah. you yeah he's coming back doesn't he fake mankind naked midian what's that all now, about now, now can i ask yeah what was the transition from fun loving Dead animal loving, mushroom eating. Fun! Fun, <laughs> fun, loving. fun loving. How did we get from soothsayer eating the mushrooms, Midian, to this? I have the real question is how did he go from naked Midian to being a sushi chef? That's the real <laughs> question. In a nutshell, it's one of these ones that has kind of got some blurred, blurred outlines, but. Foley had an idea. This was something that was making the boys pop, apparently, in the back. Midian would walk around with his, just his fanny pack on or whatever. You know, and it's like, oh, that's funny. Because he's got such a bad body or whatever. Foley had the idea that he wanted an assistant as the commissioner. And he'd done one or two backstage segments with, with Midian, who was naked. Yeah. And the idea was that Foley was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if my assistant was just, for whatever reason, naked Midian? And it was, you're not seeing this as being a funny... I'm still not seeing the bridge here. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for something. Foley's just like, wouldn't it be funny if I, my assistant was naked and idiot? And he proposed it and he pitched it and they turned it down. He ended up getting Deborah to be his assistant. Right. right. As being the assistant commissioner. 
But obviously they thought Naked Median was worth a stab. So he got Fuck a couple, off, He got man. one or two matches. He would streak throughout the arena. It literally lasted weeks. I'm talking here now. Yeah. You know, he, he ran across the arena naked once or twice wearing his thing. And then he's... This this match wasn't built up. This was just like... It's just on, on the night, night like... Yeah. And the only thing was is that William Regal said that he spoke with Foley and said that Median has to wear clothes tonight. <laughs> which is why fucking... Naked Median comes out wearing an American badass t-shirt. Yeah. Regal says Naked Median is fouler than a box of frogs. <laughs> I think he's getting, his, he's getting his metaphors uh, mixed up there. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of like box of blank. I'll say mad as a box of spiders or mad as a bag of hammers. or something. Yeah. I like saying that like box of frogs is pretty foul. I will say though, Billy. Have you ever had a box of frogs? I've had a frog. <laughs> 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 don't elaborate God's sake. I just want to point out for the fact here that you know first pay-per-view back William Regal and he is tasked with following attempted vehicular homicides yeah, yeah. Follow, you know, Austin comes back follow that like <laughs> in handcuffs like you know this is the last time we're going to see Midian so shame he's naked yeah yeah I mean it's such a it's such a deeply disturbing gimmick He's a big sweaty man who likes to take his clothes off and expose himself. And he's got that music. In front of all like these children and men and women, he wants to expose himself, basically. Yeah. And people are meant to pop for that? Hey, yeah. naked medium, let them fall where they may. You uh, know? Uh, were they actually expecting that people would cheer when he took his clothes off? People did, kind of, I'll be honest, they did pop. Uh, but there's always this thing which is like, Blank backstage finds this funny. Yeah. yeah it's beaver cleavage. It's going on there. TV. Yeah. Exactly. This happens so much. Oh, that didn't make much sense. That I what my explanation there. That explained the thing. Think of a thing in wrestling which you think that looks like it's trying to be funny, but it makes no sense, and I lack the sufficient background knowledge. It's someone backstage thought it was funny. Right. You know, and that's it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. This. You know, I think for the spectacle alone of Naked Midian, people were going to react, yeah. I guess. The saddest moment ever, and this just reminds me of talent shows when I was in secondary school. Naked Midian is struggling to get the crowd to start a clap chant. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, 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 clap. come on. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. So they do like a move, a move, and then tease a removal of a piece of clothing. It yeah. is Brown Panties match, this one, basically, folks. Yeah. You know. But a willing one. A willing one. The greatest battles against in this one take place in Naked Midian's mind. <laughs> Lovely moves by William Regal, though. The crowd are completely dead, but that, you know what, I've said it before. Suplexes, muy buente. I will enjoy any match that has nice suplexes. Midian wrestles with his track pants much more than he wrestles William Regal. <laughs> yeah, every move he's pulling them back up. Yeah. Seriously. Awful spill to the outsides. They're meant to do a clothesline over the top. Fucking median falls with the grace of a garbage bag full of fucking entrails. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. Bless, but I think naked median is not the fiery baby face that this match needs. No. He's got the fire, you know? He's got the, the crowd, yeah. Minion dons his fanny pack, removes his trousers, and kisses William <laughs> going on seriously what so is going it's, it's on? meant to be a gay thing as well now is it is that the thing is that the funny part you no, know I, I just i just think that midian's on ecstasy he likes the feel of everything you know <laughs> just stroking him i i'm starting to think that we just got a really like homophobic writer it's like oh he's he's naked that's, Ew, I mean. that's gay yeah. like, you know? so he's gay as well now 
this is an odd follow-on from what I mean. I'm sorry, we're in a in a black hole here at the moment in this pay-per-view. Midian dons fanny pack, removes trousers, and kisses Regal. Jesus Christ, his arse! You can, I'm yeah. pretty sure you can it's see his dead. Back. It's dead. It's well, no, he's wearing a thong, Billy. But you can see his balls. I think trust the, me. I think the thong has been cleverly manufactured to look like cock and balls, <laughs> even though he's not. Oh. So he's technically exposing himself without actually exposing himself. Okay. This maybe, is weird. Maybe you've just seen the gussets. I'm not, <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. Midian botches his own ball spot. It's really fucking awful. It gets hung up in the corner. <laughs> Hey guys, Adam here. When we were recording the episode, I completely forgot to mention the Grunt of the Night, so here it is for everyone listening at home. Basically, in the Naked Midian vs. William Regal match... <sighs> Regal goes to pick up Midian and put him over the ropes, and when he realises just how heavy Midian is, he makes this little noise. Back to you, past boys. Regal reconsiders the Regal stretch, which got a big pop for me. Like, he's like face dead, Regal goes to pick up his legs, and he's like... Nah. No, thank you. No, thanks. This revolves a bit too much grinding for my like. And uh, does the Regal Cutter instead? William Regal wins. Absolute snorefest of a match. Yeah. For the perplexing nature of this alone, search Naked Median on WB Network and have a look at this one, folks. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But yeah, lovely to see William Regal back. Obviously, you start at the bottom on your way back, even if you are the European champion. But I'm looking forward to seeing William Regal going in with... You know, your Jericho's, your Benoit's, etc. There's a lot of good times ahead. Very good times ahead. William Regal becomes the most solid hand in that company for the next, like, four years, basically, at this point. Recap of Kurt Angle's incredibly edited Rock interview. Rock, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> That's super. Rock, let me start this interview by asking you what you think about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, The Rock will tell you exactly what he thinks about Stone Cold Steve Austin and all his little shenanigans. I'm sure he's a piece of monkey crap and a jabroni. Whoa, that's a little stiff, isn't it, Rock? Sure, Rock, drink up. As you know, Rock, I'm an Olympic champion and one hell of a guy as well. But the one thing I take most seriously in my life is being honest with people. After all, integrity is one of my three eyes. Now, Rock, you've told the world many times that you had nothing to do with Stone Cold Steve Austin being run over by a car last November at Survivor Series. Now, Rock, are we supposed to take your word for it and believe you? You know, The Rock uh, has the innate ability to tell you one thing and, uh, and do another and say, well, I, I never did that and have you believe it oh I get it so what you're saying is you were lying the whole time you were the one who told Rikishi to hit Stone Cold with that car was that your plan sure that was the rocks plan at that time oh so by eliminating Austin you knew that you would be the number one superstar here in the WWF do what you gotta do to get where you wanna go well, now that we know you're the one who told Rikishi to plow over Stone Cold Steve Austin in that car, what was the first thing that went through your mind when you witnessed this? Well, when The Rock saw it, The Rock thought, oh, well, hmm, he might be hurt. Um, uh, the Rock better go take a shower now so he can go eat. You cruel, sad man. I mean, that is absolutely heartless. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin was severely injured. Don't let him fool you. He got in the ambulance, and as a matter of fact, he tipped the guy a five and asked him to take him to the airport in the ambulance. I can't believe you call yourself the people's champion after behavior like this. Settle down, mister. Don't make me stop this interview right now. And believe me, I'll do it. It's true. That's better. Let's switch topics, Rock. Tonight, you face me for the WWF title and what promises to be a match of the year candidate. What do you think the fans' reaction would be if you would somehow pull off the greatest upset in WWF history and beat me here tonight? Fans don't like that. They want to be gratified um, in, in, in terms of they, they want a winner. That is true. I couldn't agree with you more, Rock. Look at the big smile on your face. Well, of course I'm smiling. Because I know I'm going to beat you senseless and take your WWF title tonight. We all know what flies are attracted to. Now, Rock, two weeks ago on SmackDown, I came to the ring and gave you the most devastating move in the WWF, the Olympic Slam. My question to you is, how did that feel? Well, as far as for the injuries sustained that I sustained during that match, uh, they were actually multiple. I wound uh -oh. up bruising uh, my vertebrae in my neck. I'm sorry, Rob. We don't have time for all your fucking Nancy Grace here, man. Seriously, brilliant. It's fucking gold, this. The best part when like Kurt is there, kind of like, oh, like yo, Rock, you know, you received an angle slam last week. How does that feel? Well, it's been all the uh, contusion of my the Rock's vertebrae and uh, broke my neck and sprayed my back in three places. And uh, he has a little bit of a drink of water. Sure, Rock. Drink up. <laughs> and the Rock is like, yo, I don't give a damn what anyone's going to say about this. He's like, hey, what's that potty mouth, Mister? Absolutely brilliant. Kurt implies through video footage that The Rock made Rikishi run over Steve Austin. Yeah. You're not involved in this. Why is he sticking his beak in there? Seriously. And the best thing is, I, I like to think that in my head, Kurt Angle's made this video and he thinks it's going to fool everyone. <laughs> he actually interviewed The Rock. I love it. And there's a point in one, in the, one of the bits of footage, you know, Rock... He's wearing different tops, glasses, haircuts in between the clips. So inconsistent. And at one point, there's just like a little bit of silence and the rock does a little wave. It's obviously B-roll and Kurt goes, hey there, settle down, mister. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to a very, very upset rock who's staring at the promo going, motherfucker. And they kind of ruin this because the rock goes over, turns off the TV, but the VHS is still playing. So yeah. it kind of goes off a second later. Mm. Very Decker. Um, very <laughs> shitty but yeah Rock and Kurt Angle later on for the WWE Championship very much looking forward to that one backstage Special K Kevin Kelly with Los Conquistadors this is fucking weird they look yep. like putties from Power Rangers seriously putty patrol <laughs> unbelievable yeah the Hardy Boys and Los Conquistadors and Edge and Christian what a tangled web we weave yeah cast your eyes back to WWWF back in the 70s and 80s, and the Los Conquistadors were a seldom seen jobber tag team that was just brought out. Chances are they weren't actually Mexican. Mm. Just just for enhancement, guys. They were all gold. Yeah. They look weird and ridiculous. Edge and Christian lost the cage match to the Hardy Boys at the previous pay-per-view. Then they lost a ladder match the next night on Raw. They're working these boys, folks. Yeah. See, this is all in the months after TLC as well. 
Ladder match the next night on Raw on free TV. They lost that as well. And Foley said that as long as the Hardy Boys title reign continues, Edge and Christian aren't getting more shots because they had three. So who appears then to challenge the Hardy Boys next? Oh, it's the Los Conquistadors. Los Conquistadors. Working this, their way up the rankings. This is totally... Because when you think about... We've said it in the past, I think, before a couple of times, when the Hardys and Edge and Christian, they fought so many times, you can sort of think like, oh, we've kind of seen it before now. This is such a brilliant example of how you keep, keep a few fresh. going yeah, and keep, keep it fresh. Yeah. Really, really good. And it's hilarious. It's as well. really funny, right? It's Blue Blazer all over again. Yeah, exactly. you can't prove Edge and Christian are the Los Conquistadors because look, here they are right now. Yeah. You know, and you know who actually played Los Conquistadors? Edge and Christian obviously played them a lot of the time. Yeah. Okay, but the times where Edge and Christian were on screen with the Conquistadors, the Conquistadors only ever said "Sí, Señor." That's the only thing they would say mm. in interviews in a high pitched voice. One of them was Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel from Ring of Honor and TNA. Oh, yeah. Awesome right. wrestler, really awesome wrestler. The other one, who I think you may know, Billy, was Jesus, the bodyguard for Carlito who stabbed John Cena ah, in a nightclub. Jesus. That son of a bitch. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you informed me recently that this is one of the many instances of wrestling that your old granddad, yeah, who I... once informed you of Yokozuna's passing... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't watching wrestling during Ruthless Aggression, obviously, Billy. Uh, but my granddad still was really into it. Yeah. I just remember him came to me one day and went, Oh, you, you know John Cena? Oh, the, the rapper guy. Yeah, yeah, the rapper one. Oh, lad called Jesus stabbed him in the club the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Brilliant. So, will the mystery be solved? The Hardy Boys take on the Conquistadors for the Tag Team Championships now. The Conquistadors' entrance. That music. The fucking Bushwhackers one. Yeah. It's Crash Bandicoot music, basically. <laughs> you know? Um, they chat with the Spanish announced team as well when they're coming out. Which I love. Absolutely brilliant. The rolls. The flips. The start is like, punch. Roll. Cartwheel. Roll. Flip. Roll. They actually attempt to wrestle in a different style. It's brilliant. What I'm saying, once again, the no mercy analogies coming out here, the video game. I would roll all the time to psych out my <laughs> opponents, like go in for a bit. No, roll, like, you know. I'll roll outside to the ring, pick up some flowers, roll back in, you know, that kind of thing. Look at these idiots. Agent, uh. <laughs> JR mocks the Lucha Libre tradition. Oh, these luchadors, apparently their masks mean a lot to them. Give me a break. <laughs> I think he's just burying it because WCW had luchadors, I guess. You reckon? Pretty basic action. The announcers, once again, they're distracted. Now that Austin's... What's Austin happening? Oh. What's Austin doing in jail? Do you think he's joined the Aryan Union yet? Do you, think, <laughs> do you think he's got a Nazi tattoo yet? You know. No one asking about the welfare of Rikishi, of course. No, of just course. concerned about Austin. Rikishi's still out there. Yeah. Freezing Help. to death. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get down now. Los Conquistadors work would work very, very well in Chikara. And actually yeah, I, had a, yeah. I had a dream the other night that Edge and Christian leave WWE and then show up in Chikara for King of Trios, not as themselves, but as the Conquistadors instead. Brilliant. Tandem offense from the Hardy Boys, really crowd pleasing stuff as always. Double drop kick by Los Conquistadors though. And they are actually like trying to wrestle yeah. differently. I That's like good. that. They tease the plancha. They're like, oh, they're going to fight. And they run up against the ropes and then they just roll back and just do a little, <laughs> hey, adore it. Jim Ross continuing to run down the Contistadors. These two boys ain't from Mexico, folks. <laughs> you think, Jim, you think. Spell it out, mate. Los Contistadors work over Jeff. The crowd die during these rest holes and there's a lot of them in this one. Yeah. You know? mm. I'm not really sure why, but we do get quite a few. 
you know, it's strange because you know that both these teams can do so much better. And I was, I was quite shocked that, you know, even though the Edge and Christian are working a different style in this match. It is kind of spoiled a little bit by that, you'd, yeah. you'd still think that they could put on a great match like we know that they can. But it's just, this match is, it's not bad by any stretch mm. of animation, but it's just... Average, yeah, yeah. You know? I think it's taken down a peg by these rest holes. I think wrestling ability is kind of taking a back seat in this match, just for comedy and entertainment. Yeah, this definitely. match is more about just having a good time. I think I think it was funny more than actually good wrestling. Attempted hot tag to Matt Hardy, which doesn't really work. It just kind of peters out. But at this point in the match, it's quite funny because Edge and Christian's long blonde hair is coming out from underneath the masks. <laughs> Kudos to these lads for wrestling in these full body suits with those masks over their long blonde hair. Seriously, that they must be dying. Christian with a hella dive. He's Uno, I believe. There's Uno and Dos, and yeah. Dos is the taller one, so I think Uno is Christian. JR also apologizes for the lackluster nature of the commentary at one point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Matt splats to the outside on top of everyone. Ugly as sin. Do not dive, Matt Hardy. But then the Swanton Bomb to player Uno. I'm just calling them the Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Twist of fate to Dos. And instead of getting the pin, the Hardys have to do the unmasking. They unmask Uno and what is underneath. Another mask. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And of course, as soon as he's doing that, Matt's a, hang on a minute, two masks. <laughs> and I want to say at this point, fucking kudos to Edge Christian with their long blonde hair, wearing the full body suits and two masks. Seriously. Holy shit. Unprettier by Christian, the Los Conquistadors win and promptly power walk to the back. Yeah. <laughs> JR is incensed. <laughs> I guess the Los Conquistadors are the champions. <laughs> I adore this. Really, so really great. Good. Jim Ross screaming, I didn't know Hispanics had blonde hair. It made a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But <laughs> yeah, more on what happens with this next later on. Austin's truck is being towed away. Don't really need to be shown this. No. no. I assume Rikishi is being towed away later. <laughs> Call AA. Triple H backstage watching tapes of himself studying the business he is the game he is a vhs player so yeah triple h is all psyched up for this one because he's watched his tapes he's he's watched his tapes and we we kind of see what he's watching at the same time and at the same time he sees them and goes ah <laughs> there it is ah there it is now i'll say right now the finish of this match has nothing to do <laughs> with anything that is on this tape. So I have no idea what Triple H has just seen. I think it's fair that Triple H is just watching a New Japan tournament and he knows the names of all the wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> none of my friends online will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm going to seem so smart. <laughs> so coming up next, it is Triple H versus the rabid Wolverine, Chris Benoit. This all started because of a wife butt to Stephanie McMahon. Alright, Benoit, I don't want to see him headbutting women. If yeah, possible. Then, no, I'm not, not, Please. not a fan of it. More creepiness from Chris Benoit, who manages to have come out of his main event feuds for the title and not winning the belt you know, pretty well, actually, yeah. for himself. Yeah, he's done good. A lot, a lot of guys in his situation would have just been completely discarded. I mean, it's good now, he's getting to work with Triple H. This is a pairing I never would have figured on, yeah. and I'm really excited to talk about this one. Very physical feud, very physical build for this one. Lots of guys getting busted open. Triple H's been put in the crossface for what seems like forever. Really, again, like you were saying, Adam, he's not a different character. He's still the ruthless Triple H of old. So yeah. he's really, you know, Benoit's getting it as much as he's taking it. Uh, Benoit looks wrecked coming out. He looks tired. Yeah. yeah. Eyes pointing different directions. He's turning into Perry Saturn. 
He's, Any idea what that's all about? Or? I don't know. I think like before you mentioned Men in the Black as a kind of uh, as as a reference point for this. Your yeah. man is full of bugs. That's kind of like, <laughs> put sugar in the water. It shows passion for this business. <laughs> Big baby face reaction for Triple H. Huge, huge, huge pop for him when he comes out. Mm. One of the biggest of the night. Benoit denied Triple H of his title shot for this main event here tonight. He's the reason he's not the number one contender. So that's kind of Triple H's motivation here. Hmm. Jay is gay sign. All right, uh, Attitude Era fans, okay. you stay classy. Yeah. And one of the strangest instances ever, the first time in the Attitude Era, a Triple H chant. Yeah. Even when he was a face, there, like a you know, DX face, there was never really a Triple you never H chant. Yeah. yeah. Triple H is all, gee, I hope I can sell some t shirts or foam noses from all this shit. Like, you know, <laughs> awesome action to start. Really quick, snappy, crowd wakes up and eats up every bit of this. Very good. Benoit and Triple H are just, they can go. And Triple yeah. H never gets the credit for his mat skills. He's really great at it. Triple H works the knee cerebrally. He, he's, he's properly, like, throwing Bamar into the air to mm-hmm. do this, but where he's lying on his front and then lift up the knee, throw him down. You know what, they never do it anymore, but you can be a face and work a body part. Yeah, of yeah. course you can. You know, Brian tries to do it now and then, but you can tell it's something that he's told not to do. Yeah. Because it's like a heel thing to Why pick a car body part. Why can't do that as a face? It makes sense. It's a strategy. If yeah. anything, it makes you smarter. It does, I mean, yeah. I don't know why he's working the knee, because obviously the, the big thing in this match is the cross face. When you try and work his like, right arm, yeah. you'd think, yeah. think that would be the body part yeah. to work. I suppose you do find out though why Triple H is doing this, because he's putting on a clinic here, folks. He slaps on the Indian death lock then yeah. after working on the leg, which is a move that nature boy Buddy Rogers did back in the day Indian Deathlock is awesome really perfect for wrestling you got a big kind of you have to flow on your back all that really gets people worked up huge he then turns the Indian Deathlock into a bow and arrow yeah yeah, he's amazing Triple H like completely arched in like a fucking bridge position on Benoit and that submission holds amazing it's the Absolutely best thing about amazing. putting him with someone like Benoit is that Triple H can really show all of his skills that you yeah. wouldn't get him he to couldn't see. do that with The Rock yeah you wouldn't get to see him do that with The Rock yeah. or Stone Cold yeah. it's also the most vulnerable we've ever seen Benoit yeah it's true even that, like, of, all true, the, yeah. of all the people that we've had Benoit face you know even when he was in the mid car and uh, in, in the um, main event life. Main, main events he never looked this vulnerable like he was sore like he was being hurt yeah, yeah it's true very much so Sick back suplex by Chris Benoit sends both men to the outside and then Benoit starts to work the arm. Back suplex onto the arm. I love that. Benoit, he like picks up a back suplex and he tucks your arm behind your back in a hammerlock yeah. position. Vicious stuff. Then he goes Air Canada onto the arm itself. Triple H gets a quick roll up and it starts to show that he's desperate and they're like, mm. alright, Triple H isn't doing this now because he thinks he has to win. He realises he's run out of options because Benoit has like destroyed his arm at this point. Triple H with the greatest desperation manoeuvre and more shades of no mercy on the N64. The reverse suplex! Everyone's default back finisher. One armed comeback by Triple H and he hits a superplex to Chris Benoit. Amazing action from these two. Benoit, though, starts coming back on offense, hits multiple German suplexes, and finishes it off with a dragon suplex, and then locks in the crossface. I'm full now. Like, yeah, there's I've, a lot of suplexes. I've had though. a delicious suplex dinner. <laughs> you know, I've had a suplex tasting card, is what I've had here, you know? Vicious shots by Benoit. He gets Triple H in the crossface, has him in there for a few minutes, then he lets go, back of the hair, and just... Bam! Forearms mm. to the back of the head. Mean bastard. He's he's actually hitting them. You yeah. Know? Very vicious shots. Triple H, though, 
He uses his insider knowledge to reverse the hold. Thanks, Dave Meltzer, you know. <laughs> he read the dirt sheets. And then Steph comes out, though. Only, uh, you know, Benoit gets like, picked up in kind of like a Samoan drop position. Mm. I think that's what his tape was. That's apparently what was implied. Yeah. yeah. What he was seeing was that he could reverse the crossface by picking them up or whatever. Stephanie appears and immediately slaps Chris Benoit. We get an intense struggle here now with pedigree crossface attempts. Like they're just trying to lock in their fucking finisher. Yeah. It's like a reversal fest. Whoever really can do great. it first is going to win, basically. And it's great because like Triple H is really showing his technical props in this one. You're thinking like, oh, he can do it. He can out wrestle mm. Benoit. But Steph distracts the ref and Triple H resorts to the low blow yep. to get the pedigree. And you're kind of like, all right, Triple H wins. Awesome. Damn fine match. But like the ending, he's like, yeah. Oh. That was the perfect ending, I Seriously. think. Seriously. Because I think if Triple H would have just beat Benoit clean, that would be all well and good. But it's so much more Triple H-like that even when he's at his most sympathetic we've ever seen him, he still has to cheat to win. He still yeah. can't quite do it by himself. You, they're kind of like almost saying that you shouldn't trust this man. You yeah. Know? yeah. He can always change. Definitely. An amazing match though. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Because these are just two lads who were, were kind of in the title picture who didn't have a match for the title. They did really well here. Very good. Really, really well. Yeah, considering on paper you might think there's not really much at stake in that match, it, they made it seem like winning that was damn important. Definitely, very good. And storyline advanced for Triple H in a big, big way. Backstage, Los Conquistadors meet incredibly sweaty, sweaty Edge and Christian. <laughs> Los Conquistadores. <laughs> Muchos. Uh, congratulations, oh Scott, is it hot in here or is it just me? Guys, when we saw you defeat the Hardys, totally. we ran to the grocery store. We got champagne for us and coronas for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Muchachos, Chewbacca's, here is to your first title defense against us tomorrow night on Raw. Viva Las Ace Rios! Arriba! So well, Christian's out of the shower, I think. They're like, kind of, oh, guys, let's go across the building there just to meet you. Oh, dude, like. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they have a good chat with those conquistadors and they agree to have a championship match next night on Raw. And they say, Here's some of the highlights. Mucho Chewbacca's Viva La Ese Rios. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Edge and Christian, they celebrate with those key stores. They've got champagne and Corona, which has made me think of those TLC matches. Oh, know. from Wrestling Society X. Tables, ladders, <laughs> and, and cervezas. <laughs> Next night on Raw, Edge and Christian are going to take on Christopher Daniels and Jesus. That's, yeah. the, that's the plan, obviously. Yeah. Get a quick win, get their belts back. Christian somehow doesn't uh, make it his way out to the ring. He gets hurt or whatever. But Edge is like, it's all right. It's a DOS match, isn't it? Yeah. So Edge comes out to face the two Los Conquistadors on his own, who then promptly hit the twist of fate and Swanton bomb on him. <laughs> <laughs> to which Mick Foley comes out and wonders if there's some sort of totally awesome time machine at play. Well, basically, they write, Foley's like, I figured it out, guys. I know that you're the Los Conquistadors. Hardy Boys technically win this match because the Contistadors, Edge and Christian, had won the belts. Foley says, Hardys are the champions now. Right. But because it's the new title reign, Edge and Christian can challenge for the belts again. Okay. Right. So, so that, that rule is muted now. Though. Very roundabout way to get there. Okay. But I think it's kind of funny. The Hardys yeah. get one over on Edge and Christian yeah. like that. But yeah, sorry. Viva la S.A. Rios. That's fucking... <laughs> I'm, or I'm saying it right now. The challenge has been thrown down. Someone find me a funnier line from the Outed Era than Viva La S.A. Rios. Because <laughs> that's fucking funny, dude. Coming up next, it's our main event for the WEDF Championship. It's The Rock 
taking on the man who's approaching his one year anniversary in the company and his first shot at the gold. It's Kurt Angle. Who will be the number one contender for the Rocks World Wrestling Federation Championship? Will it be the game or will it be Kurt Angle? I'm a liability. What's Stephanie doing down here? Stephanie just helped Kurt Angle win. Stephanie, what'd you do? What is going on? Kurt Angle's been the champion thanks to Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. This is strictly a business request, Steph. But it would be my honor if you would accompany me to the ring on a permanent basis. Allow me to introduce you to the man whose corner I will permanently be in. champion does not look himself i just don't think the rock has that same intensity considering the rock's emotional state this week the rock is in deep trouble here the rock has had a lot on his mind the rock just recently found out that it was rikishi who ran over stone cold steve austin the rock's been angry the rock's been confused but there's been one man to help the rock snap out of it and that man is kurt angle the rock just happened to leave his bag open and The Rock's pal Rikishi just happened to take his keys and just happened to motor down Stone Cold Steve Austin like The Rock had nothing to do with it. So, Kurt Angle, thank you for helping The Rock. After all your trash talking for the past two weeks, after attacking The Rock from behind, the WWF Champion left lying at the hands of the number one contender and his new business partner. The Brahma Bull, The Rock, is going to do something about it now. He's had about enough of Kurt Angle. of Stephanie McMahon becoming Kurt Angle's manager who clearly can't see that Kurt Angle just wants awkward hugs yeah. hey Steph don't I get a hug <laughs> such a latch fucking creep Keep Kurt it. Angle is proposing this whole conspiracy theory which is that The Rock actually asked uh, Rikishi to run over Austin right you know? but why why is he getting involved it is it does feel strange that like because Rikishi doesn't make this accusation until the next night mm-hmm. um, after this so he starts saying that you know right. hey you know, you actually gave me your car keys and whatever and that starts off just with Kurt saying it kind of going like oh you Samoans hang out together I guess I don't know like, <laughs> I know I'd run over someone for my cousin you know that kind of thing <laughs> Matching this one here is going to be no DQ. The feuds, when you remove the 
odd association with Austin and Rikishi. The feud is pretty straightforward here. Yeah. Rock's champion. Kurt is number one contender. There Steph- you go. Stephanie is Kurt's manager and is slapping the Rock quite a bit. Steph is an immediate distraction in this match. She immediately goes up straight away and like starts distracting the referee. And at this point, I'm kind of like, enough already. Yeah. Every time the ref is looking at Kurt, Stephanie attacks the Rock. Like every time. And playing. you know what? Stephanie was involved in last match the outcome of it and you think the last few pay-per-views I'm a big fan of the Stephanie character it's one I didn't like when I was growing up and one that I've grown to really enjoy yeah but it's they overused her so much big time you think every night would have a lengthy Stephanie promo the match would end because of something she did it's too much yeah. yeah no one person or one character should have that much responsibility to move a show forward Brawl to outside, Kurt Angle gets a chair immediately. Rock dumps Kurt through the set, though, which probably cost several bucks by the looks of it. It's just corrugated iron. You yeah. Know? Just tossed him through it. Like Rock, though, with this amazing bit where they're rolling through the crowd, someone's got a cut out of the rock. And Giant the rock one. Yeah, puts it over Kurt and punches it, to which Jerry says, The rock's beating himself off. Nah. There's a, you could have phrased that in a better way, Jerry. He was doing so well tonight as well. There was so little innuendo from his end. Yeah, seriously. Backstage, Triple H is watching with a pint of Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, dude, get your electrolytes back. Rockets a chair shot to Kurt Angle on his legs. And then he hits the sharpshooter, which I think for now, considering that the man literally cannot lock this in properly, let's just call it the shit shooter. It's yeah. rubbish. It's it looks like a big gangly spider all spread out across the ring. <laughs> Seriously. His legs are all over the shop. I, I think Zach Gowan with one leg could apply a better <laughs> yeah. sharpshooter than fucking Rock can here, right? Kurt Angle taps immediately, but oh no, Stephanie is distracting. Yeah. It's a no DQ match as well. So yeah. why does Steph keep distracting him for like doing sneaky stuff? She can just get in there and clobber him. Don't get it. Krangle regains control and gets a long, long, long chin lock in on the rock. Mm. Head back outside again. And I'm thinking, a lot of crowd brawling in too this. Much. Too, too much. Too much. You know? Rock beats Kurt's head on the table, sprays him with water. We start getting some noseley in this though, compared to before he feuded Triple H. Kurt is a lot more aggressive. Yeah. And I like that. We're starting to see a little bit of that wrestling machine Kurt Angle as opposed to, you know, milk and cookies Kurt Angle. Yeah. Both I like. I like at his best Kurt is when he's both. When he's like in the ring, a complete intense monster. And then backstage, he's a complete dink. Yeah. You know, they're getting towards that nice balance, I think. Angle with a belt attempt. The Steph is distracting the referee. You don't have to. Just do it. Oh, I hate Just smack him. I'm sorry, folks, but it's like, it may seem like a moot point, but when you have someone distracting the referee so you're one of the guys can hit a bell shot, it's obviously because they originally wrote this match, scripted it, before they decide they're going to make it no DQ yeah. and decide to keep all the spots in as is. So the question is, then why make it no DQ in the first place? Something to do with the finish, I suppose, we'll guess. Yeah. But yeah, he gets a shot right in the face to the rock with the belt. The Rock kicks out, though. Huge pop for that one. And Kurt goes up for one of the biggest... Every time he does a moonsault, it's like the oh, biggest moonsault ever. It's but, immaculate, isn't it? Like, literally, How does he jump that high? Everything about it is perfect. The yeah. angle, the fucking lift, it's the perfect moonsault. 
Except he never hits it. Well, yeah, yeah does that? <laughs> if he hit it, the rock would explode. Though <laughs> well, most, most of the most of the the best moon salts ne- never actually. Hit yeah, it. Like, look that's at, true. Uh, he's a piece of shit, but Bill DeMott's moon salts. Are made, it was I, I was a big fan of the No Laughing Matter. Yeah, I particularly <laughs> like ne- it. never landed that. <laughs> Sadly, never landed on his head doing that move. No, but what no. can you do? A huge moon salt gets missed by Kurt Angle. The Rock now starts getting a comeback, hitting some big signature spots, spinning DDT, belly to belly suplex. The Rock's offense if you compare it to 99 he's got a lot more moves in his repertoire now hasn't he yeah you know doing sure. some real cool stuff he's a wrestler one of the few who added constantly to his repertoire over the course of the attitude era goes for the people's elbow but stephanie mcmahon again <sighs> i think one of the good thing about recapping these matches in this podcast is you really do get a sense of there are a lot of interference. When spots. you say it all back, yeah, like, aloud, it suddenly dawns on you like, Jesus Christ, there was a lot of interference. Rock hits a rock bottom on Stephanie McMahon. Here, lads, like I don't know if you should be doing that. But at, at least she's not going to be interfering anymore. I guess. At the very like, least, that's one thing to take away. And from then it. the rock goes for a people's elbow on Stephanie, which gets blocked by Kurt Angle. Triple H comes out though, really pissed off because Stephanie has been hurt. Mm-hmm. Beats the shit out of Kurt Angle. Huge pedigree on Kurt Angle. And The Rock though, he gets a pedigree from fucking Triple H. So yeah. that's what I like about it. It's like he's not here just beating up Kurt. The Rock, you laid your hands I on him. I like it, yeah. yeah he, he's he, not he, white he, me. He, he, he's attacking Kurt because he put his trust in Kurt to protect Stephanie. So that's the most important man- matter, which is very strange for Triple H put his wife fucking first and then obviously the rock afterward for doing it to her yeah so i like his priority you know what this actually is this is i think is the only instance of shades of gray actually working working perfectly yes this is what it actually this is what it actually is a fucking nearly a year after vince russo has left sorry over a year we're finally we're here this is actually it this is how you get a character who has got baby face reaction but heelish tendencies play both sides. Yeah. It works. It, and you can actually watching this, you kind of go, you know what? You're stupid to try that with more than one guy on your roster at a time because mm. it's a unique thing. It has to be, yeah. Can't build a show around that at all. So, yeah. Sorry, TNA. Now Rikishi comes out. Oh, fuck off. This is getting so overbooked He now. looks like t- shit. He looks yeah. ridiculous. He's got a fucking wedding cake slapped to the side of his head, like, <laughs> covered in dry blood. He's probably got pneumonia because he's been left out there. Uh, I was just expecting for him to be taken to hospital and then kicked out because he hasn't got insurance or whatever. Like, Rikishi coming out on a gurney, like... This is the least intimidating run-in since Mankind ran in in the 98 King of the Ring to get Austin after falling off the Hell in a Cell. Oh, mm. God, yeah. What are you going to do, Rikishi? Take your arms and legs off and beat him to death with them. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's a mess he, now. He, he only goes to attack Kurtz. Yeah, but trying he misses. To, he's trying to cement this idea that The Rock orchestrated yeah. the attack. I am going to do this for The Rock. Like It's a mess, what happens here, though. Rock hits a rock bottom. Kick out by Kurtz. Bit eh. Unnecessary spot, I felt. Yeah. Rikishi rock, bops The Rock several times by mistake. He like hits him in the corner, super kicks him. Angle slam to Rikishi, and then an angle slam to The Rock. Kurt wins, looks very de- decisive in the fact that he lays out both men yeah. and gets the pin. But an absolute clusterfuck of a finish. Too yeah. much bullshit. Like, this is the reason I don't watch the likes of TNA, is because yeah. of yeah. shit like this. You're telling me having two people run out, like four interference spots before then. Yeah. 
I know we want to get the belt off the rock, folks, but you know, you have, have a little to do it in that stupid way. Very happy to see Kurt Angle win the championship. Yeah, he looks great with the Immediately gold. Immediately starts he? crying. And there's yeah. a big snot hanging out of his yeah, nose as well. Jail just goes, he's crying for God's sakes. Bugger green, Kurt Angle. Like, <laughs> seriously. What do you think of the match though overall? For me, it was definitely tainted by that huge quantity of interference spots. If, if it was just The Rock and Kurt, no one else, yeah. it would have been such a great match, I think. Yeah. If but, it was a completely different match, it would have yeah. been a good match. What just annoyed me is that I think if you take away... Kurt's reliance on interference spots here he was looking so strong in this match yeah. you know, he really like takes it to the rock a number of times shows a real mean streak you know mm. it's a real decisive victory at the end but I feel that that's taken away a bit from all the interference and whatnot. and as a result no one comes out looking very good no. in this one I think happy to see Kurt is the champion though but No Mercy 2000 it is in the books it's an interesting one. There's a, something I have to reveal to you shortly, but I think we could say this is possibly an end. For me, at least, this was the end of the hot streak of pay-per-views. Yeah, it wasn't. It was okay, I'm going to say. It was definitely not up to the standard of what we've been having. No. It the last, good. Unforgiven, was a bit of a placeholder. I yeah. think this one was... Step down. Step down. There was a lot of bullshit in it. There was a lot of stupid writing and bad booking. But there was still a few good moments as well. Like, just... I know he was against Naked Medium, but William Regal, like he, he, his character, him. like immediately, straight off the bat, you know what he's about, you know what his gimmick is. Yeah, yeah. He's brilliant in the ring, even if it's just against Median. Um, we have Triple H versus Ben Wild, which is excellent as yeah, well. Yeah. Tag team table match was pretty decent, I think. I think it spoils the pay per view like this when your biggest feud going in leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You put the, and your main event is an overbooked mess. Yeah, yeah, you put the biggest feud, the hottest feud, halfway through the card so you can make it into this big, violent, horrible car crash. And then, yeah, the main event, the second biggest match, is also equally a big sloppy mess. So. What do you think about this, Billy? Because, I mean, you know, obviously it's been a long time coming. You knew that Austin was run down. We're going to yeah. get to be... Um, do you... How, the payoff, satisfied? This pay-per-view? Uh, not satisfied. Also, don't buy it. I suspect there's more to it. You don't think it's as simple as that? No. Yeah. Okay. But you, it didn't... This wasn't the home run then? No. Yeah. I just didn't buy that it was Rikishi. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. This quilt cover of a man doesn't really work quite yeah. well in this scenario. Um, but yeah, it, was, it, it had its moments. A couple of good matches. A couple of matches where, you know, we know that the guys can put on much better matches. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a shame that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing I will say, though, about you guys saying there that you don't think that it's just Rikishi. Creative are probably, judging from the reaction to this paper, you were definitely thinking the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the retcon machine. <laughs> <laughs> Match of the night MVP, Adam. Match of the night Ben Warren for Blake, yeah. undoubtedly. Brilliant, amazing technical match. Not really much to say about that. We've already covered it yeah, in yeah, yeah. detail. MVP as well, Triple H, because his character, the way he's like portrayed sort of himself. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, you never get a character with that much like, I don't want to say finesse, because I don't want to give it too much credit, but to actually successfully pull off the whole, oh, well, he's great at the minute. He's really sympathetic and a baby face, but he's still, he's still Triple H, you mm. know? He's still the same person he was before. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone can do that, but Triple H totally pulled that character off. Really, match of the night, MVP. Echoing Adam on both counts. Yeah. Um, ben Mar and Triple H was a great match. And then I mean, Triple H, again, just, I was really impressed by him. Yeah, really, really awesome. Not just in his match, but even in his, even though we didn't like the interference boxes in the main event, Triple H's ones at least kind of... Made sense. They made sense. Yeah. And he, he had Justified. something, they, they were justified. 
Plus the Rikisha coming out bellowing, I'm important and relevant somehow. Insert me into this feud, please. <laughs> I would echo exactly the same as well. Yeah, definitely. Triple H and Benoit. You know, there's not even close, really, I would say. There's totally no, the highlight. There's no other match in this car that comes close to this. Let down by this pay-per-view, kind of generally speaking. I thought that, you know, yeah. I let them slide with, you know, Unforgiven thinking, oh, it's, you know, their fatal four-way. It's just a placeholder. We're building to the next one. Mm. The, you know, last month's pay-per-view felt like kind of an ad for this month's pay-per-view. And I don't think they followed through. I think no. it was a... Which is a bit of a shame. You know, there's nothing, you know, horrendously in your face bad about it. But I guess that it's just because standards are so high that not bad isn't good enough no, for this period. I would just say, you know, I, you know, MVP Triple H as well, obviously, but I would just say Kurt Angle, you know... Special mention. Special mention. Becoming the champion within a year, mm. you know... when it's a hell of an achievement. It's not as if he was anywhere else before this other than the Olympics. Yeah. He's good. So very, good. very good. You have to remind yourself of that. Very excited to see Kurt Angle as champion. This is like yes. something that's yeah. really, really great. And I think that it's a nice way to maybe let some of the other guys maybe focus on their characters, get some other feuds going. Kurt can do wonderful things with that championship. I'm excited to see where this goes. Mm. But uh, yeah, definitely. there is something you could probably point your finger, though, about this whole pay-per-view. And one of the reasons why you think that it might have been a little bit of a step back or whatever, or a little bit different in tone. This is the last pay-per-view under the guise of our favourite person, Chris uh, Kresge. Oh. Now, can I just say, Chris Kresge is the most unsung hero of wrestling at yeah. the moment, in my eyes, okay? Because every other motherfucker under the face of the planet who's done anything remotely good in wrestling has gotten all sorts of praise. This man, there isn't even a picture of him online. Nah. This is his last one as Fuck. the head, which is a mad shame because yeah. I think we can agree since what... End of night, like the right end of '99. You know, I think it's from Armageddon and Rumble, 2000 onwards. Mm. It's been a good year. Yeah, it's, it's been, been that's really been the hot year. streak. Has been this past year, 2000 has and been fucking awesome. Really. And there's been missteps and there's been stupid shit. But he's only, you know, he's only steering the ship. He's not, you know, he's he's not running the whole say, show. By, by WWF standards, far less missteps than there were in '99. Definitely. And you know what? The more we're looking at it, we still have a bit to go. But the more we're looking at it the more I'm thinking that the real fucking awesome, like, meat of the Attitude Era, the bit that got most of us as in as fans, mm. we can attribute to this man. I would agree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who is it who take, is it, it takes over now, then? Is there anyone noteworthy? or? No? Yeah, it's someone quite noteworthy, actually. Who, who is it? Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Really? Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, head wow. of creative. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, as someone that knows the next few months in wrestling pretty well, I, I'm quite shocked to learn that it was Stephanie that was right yeah Stephanie she's head it's more, but they're moving now to the committee so she's head of creative oh okay but it's but a committee she now. might not be pulling the strings quite as much as so Kresge was. yeah she's not so much as kind of like a, oh I have an idea yeah as much as a kind of a give me your ideas consultant and, we'll do yeah. a type here I don't know it'd be interesting when we're looking at Survivor Series which is next to see if there's an immediate kind of whoa you know difference yeah. but definitely in this pay-per-view I felt like there was a change it yeah. felt like Agreed. yeah but yeah Chris Kresge passed away we mentioned when we first mentioned this, we mentioned when we first talked about him he passed away unfortunately in like early 2000s mm. I just feel that because it was after you know it was before the age of social media before the age of yeah. everyone in wrestling getting a shoot or even wanting to know everyone in wrestling's opinion if you're backstage in WWE 
you know, and you're not with that company, chances are your story can be heard and for a price. And no one really knows much about uh, Kresge. Yeah. He would have been a great person to talk to, have done a shoot interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember because I went to the guys at Driver to find out more about him. I'm thinking, right, there has to be some big thing. And literally, it was like the info I got back from the guys was, you know, Chris Kresge ran WWE Creative for approximately a year. He was very successful. Oh, that's so frustrating. He left at the end. You know, he stayed on until around 2002, 2003. Then he left. Then he died. <laughs> that's like, that's it, like. I need to know more about this. And, guy. yeah, I just think I've enjoyed so many of these shows and so many people enjoy these shows so much yeah. that that man just needs, I think. Yeah. He needs to be recognised. Definitely. So at the, I thought just at the end of his writing tenure, it was as good as times any is to say, like, fucking A. Yeah, You know seriously. what? People can go on about the controversy of Russo back and forth. You know, let's stop debating the controversy of Russo and accept the fucking non-controversy of this man wrote an awesome fucking problem. Russo doesn't really factor into it to me because I've always said this part of the Attitude Era with the Dudley Boys and Edwin Christian all that that's the Attitude Era to me and so I think of Chris Kresge more than I do Vince Russo when it comes to that Yeah, I think he needs to get more credit he needs to get so much more credit and I think people need to drop this idea because Foley in his book was like Russo left and we all kind of pitched in you fucking didn't right Mm. it's not they make out like WWE Creative at this point was like fucking Thanksgiving dinner with Vince in the middle and everyone kind of going and maybe that he can do this we all chipped together it's just like a suggestion box yeah it's not there was a head of Creative it was this man Creative was awesome let's give this guy some fucking recognition you mm. know and that, that no I think that's a, as good a time as any to, to wrap things up yeah. thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Attitude Era podcast and as always if you're listening on iTunes SoundCloud or on Stitcher be sure you leave a rating or review comment subscribe that help us get up in the algorithm there if you are someone who's recommended this podcast to a friend or someone else thank you so much every time you recommend the Attitude Era podcast to a friend the 1990s mid-carder gets his wings I can get behind that I can get behind that as well <laughs> you know so thanks anyone who's doing that main way to keep in touch with us facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast caption contest fan art submit it over there send us a message be in touch spoofs and goose info on new episodes and of course over at twitter at AE podcast live tweeting raw smackdown wrestlemania pay-per-views you name it Head on over there. That's the best way to keep in touch. Hear our thoughts on what's going on in the wrestling world. Go on over to our YouTube channel. YouTube. <laughs> Go on over to our YouTube channel. YouTube.com forward slash AE podcast. And you'll find some little clips from our favorite moments from the show. We've put together some little videos. Also, you can find our Vine account at AE podcast. Stuff. Things. But what do you say? <laughs> no way, punk! <laughs> oh my god! Can you see? Fucking a! That's the best one yet. Botchmania.com. Botchmania.com. Famous song by Pantera. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Van Dam has his influence in here. And of course, as well, make sure you check out Kongspots.com. Subscriptions available now for wrestling's number one printed media. We write in there, we contribute. If you like the style and tone of this show, you will love calling spots. Be sure to check that out now. And if you're a hardcore member of the Glad Gay community, want to help us out, support monetarily, give us a few quid and literally just that to help us keep this thing running head on over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast 
We've a wide variety of wrestling movie commentary tracks for you to download and get your teeth into. The likes of Beyond the Mat, Wrestling with Shadows, network documentaries like CM Punk, Best in the World, and also as well recently added fucking Scooby-Doo and the Flintstones. You want to see the three of us talk about that shit? $5, selfie.com, download it. It's like the three of us are in the room with you, ruining the movie live, yeah. okay? <laughs> but people who've gotten them, all rave reviews. We always hear, you know, people enjoy these. You know, it's just a little bit of extra content. If you want to support us, the content is there. Selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. But it is a goodbye for me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll catch you next time the Attitude Era podcast as we're going to do it one more time with Survivor Series 2000.